Well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Where are you? Here. You've got a real attitude problem, McFly. You're a slacker. 37. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. In a row? Welcome back, Unreal listeners. It is your host, Aaron Scott Walker, and I am very excited to bring you another great episode of Unreal Talk Show. I'm going to do my best just to keep this intro short and sweet because we actually have a lot of content here for you today. Uh, We recorded over at our music producer, Christian Bedingfield's house, for another great segment of Offscript where we, uh, we're going to cover some really great topics. I just wanted to hop on here and thank you guys again for listening to the podcast i really appreciate the support if you guys would like to uh submit any topic conversations or if you guys have any questions you can always email me at unrealtalkshow at gmail.com be sure to like and follow our twitter page unreal capital t Uh, you can also be sure to review download and subscribe on apple podcast and podbean Uh, Be sure also to check out Jason Edgar's podcast, Oops All Topics, and our other uh, Oops All Topics podcasts, Frankie's Mama Reads. Both really great podcasts that give a good variety of content. Highly recommend you guys check that out. First, we're going to have a quick break from our sponsor, and then once we get done with that, we're going to dive straight into our segment. Thank you guys again. Hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, Aaron Scott Walker here, letting you know that the presenting sponsor of Unreal Talk Show and the Oops All Topics Network, is Morton College. Did you know Morton College offers 17 associate's degrees in applied sciences, five transfer program degrees, and 40 career certificates, including programs like forklifting, pharmacy, welding, and vet tech, not to mention the number one nursing program in the Chicagoland area. Morton College is excited to offer day, evening, online, and hybrid courses during fall, summer, and spring semesters to meet demands of busy schedules. Whether you're looking to transfer to a four-year school or to earn credits towards a career, Morton College has classes and schedules for you. For more information, call 708-656-8000. Again, that number is 708-656-8000. Visit their Facebook page or visit their website, www.morton.edu. Now, back to the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back. You might notice a, a difference in the uh, in the sound. We are actually relocated to a different studio today. We are at uh, Christian Bedingfield's humble abode, and uh, we're back with another off-script episode. There was a lot of stuff that... Uh, that's happened over the last couple of weeks that we've had this one, and uh, a lot of things we wanted to talk about. How you doing, Christian? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I actually I really enjoyed the last episode that we did. Yeah. Uh, a lot more than I thought that I would. Just uh, the idea of putting anything out there in the world that other people can listen to, digest, and form an opinion on is is... It feels dangerous now. It's extremely dangerous. Yeah, but I did. I enjoyed myself, so I'm glad to be back. Yeah, because you're always uh, you're always at the risk of some random person you don't even know, just like 
lighting your shit up for no reason. <laughs> just like, you know what? I don't like the way you said this. I'm not a big fan of Taco Bueno. Yeah. And I'm not a and I don't really appreciate the fact that you support them. So I'm gonna do everything that I can to end your podcast. Well, I know that's not the topic of what you were saying, but I want to go on the record as loving Taco Bueno and hating Taco Bueno. I love you, Taco Bueno, but you gotta fix your drive through. It can't take forty five minutes and you forget my stuff. So shout out. Yeah, if you're listening, Taco Taco Bueno yourself, the spirit of Taco Bueno. I'm assuming they named it after an actual person. Um, so if Sir Taco Bueno out there can uh, make something happen, we uh, we would greatly appreciate it here because I don't want to go to Taco Bell. Oh, I shouldn't say that either because somebody's going to be like, now what, what are you saying about Taco Bell now? Yeah, I mean, I love Taco Bell, so yeah. stop it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff going on, um, a lot of stuff that we have some shared opinions on, one of them being... Uh, Dr. Disrespect and his uh, permanent ban from his platform Twitch for unknown reasons. As far as he's been saying, it's been uh, not made known to him. Now, if you're listening to this and, and are unaware of who Dr. Disrespect is, don't feel left out. Um, basically, Dr. Disrespect is a um, he's a character that this man has you know, created in order to provide entertainment for people on his streaming channel whenever he plays video games. Um, his basic history is, is that whenever he was a kid, um, he won the 1993 and 1994 Blockbuster uh, NBA Jam uh, like World Tournament, so he calls himself the two-time champion. Um, and he's just like this really like over the top, you know, like macho mask. He wears like a he used to wear a fake mustache, and he has this like rad mullet that he wears with these visors. He's just a character. Um, so he's he's on this platform. It's called Twitch, which basically you just have your own you have your own channel, your own platform, and play your own video games. And you know to it's say like YouTube specifically for streaming playing video games exactly and so you get to you know if you like a specific kind of game you can find multiple people that play that specific game and you know to kind of curate your own content as and you end up finding people who you really enjoy and dr disrespect ended up being one of those people for me uh he he's just extremely funny um but uh just kind of out of nowhere he a man who yields hundreds of thousands of views every week, you know, out of a couple days, you know, he'll have a hundred thousand people on his channel watching him play. And just all of a sudden his channel not only goes dark, but is completely removed. And Twitch has, uh, has no reasoning behind it. Yeah. Well, and you know, for me, you had only just brought Dr. Disrespect to my attention. You wanted me to check him out. You wanted me to, to watch him. You thought I would like him. And, you know, just honestly, not as an opinion on, on him as a, as a streamer, but just like on streaming in general, it's not really something that I enjoy doing. I'd rather play the game than watch someone play the game. Sure. But it's interesting to me that you brought him up just a couple of weeks ago. You really were pushing him, wanted me to look at him. And then the next thing we know, he's literally not able to be on Twitch at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. Just, he's, he's canceled. And uh, so now for me, like, even because I have no real investment in like who he is or who he was or uh i, I never watched him so I w I, there was no like affection or fondness for sure him. now it's just the mystery yeah why would this happen yeah so that that part of it's really interesting to me um uh, because there are lots of things that are being canceled nowadays and uh he's a pretty big name but usually when they're canceled you know exactly why yeah they say it uh it's it's fought it's this becomes this big 
uh, op- or opportunity for public discourse to, to weigh in. Like then it becomes a political thing, and then it's you know liberals versus conservatives. And you know, there's why- this huge public you know yeah. public opinion debate happening on whatever social media platform. Exactly. So, so yeah, the silence on this one is like a story in itself. Right. So, because the only thing that can happen are just theories at this point. Um, and the theories that surround it. So a little bit more context as to the, the oddness of the timing of all this, um, this happened either a day or two after there was kind of a social movement. Uh, it's like blackout Tuesday is what they called it. And basically what they were trying to do is they were trying to get the platform Twitch to hold streamers on their channel who do, you know, like over sexual, like, or like sexually harassing other streamers being wildly inappropriate about women or just in general, like sexually inappropriate on their channels, just holding them more accountable. Um, so they have this, they have this blackout Tuesday, which apparently was really effective. Um, there were a lot of streams that had no viewers because people just didn't go on to watch it. Um, well, a few days after that, Dr. Twitch's channel gets banned. So there is an immediate assumption that it has something to do with the Me Too movement um, and having to do with this Blackout Tuesday. And the only real thing behind the Me Too movement are two potential um, causalities. One of them being is that um, at TwitchCon, which if you don't know what TwitchCon is, you can probably guess by the name of what it is. It is a convention held by Twitch. Um, He was like a featured guest there. Um, and part of his, you know, antics, he took his phone in and just started like, you know, jokingly messing with people, men in the men's restroom who were trying to go to the bathroom. Uh, it was put on a stream. It, <laughs> so it's just, stupid. it is stupid. And, you know, you look at it and like the content itself with, is funny, but you also know like, okay, like, you know, probably shouldn't be doing this, but it was just, it was just an error in judgment and his, his channel was banned temporarily because so he he was penalized for he was penalized for it and so like that within itself makes like okay well if it is that does the platform have the right to go back and challenge something that you've already been punished for and just making that a reason to permanently ban you from the platform what do you think I don't know. I mean, I, I think that there's lots of precedents already right now to say that platforms, if they're if they're a private entity, they can pretty well do whatever they want. Right. I mean, not within reason. Sure. Right? There are certainly regulations, and you you shouldn't or uh, can't infringe on on certain rights that people have. But ultimately, you know, Facebook Facebook can decide that you are or are not propagating hate speech, and right. they can just get rid of your content. Uh, they can get rid of you, um, and that's upheld. Like they're allowed to do that, yeah. and they and honestly, in my opinion, they should be allowed to do that. Yeah, but that's not exactly your question, right? You asked, can someone go? Should someone be able to go back and and reevaluate something? And I think ultimately, yes, because um, this isn't you know, it's not a a court. This sure. isn't the judicial branch of uh, the government. There is no double jeopardy protection here, right? Um, if, as, especially if there was new information that came out to suggest that they didn't have the full picture the first time this came around, mm-hmm. and realized, oh, we've got a bigger problem on our hands. Yeah. We need to separate now, right? So yeah, I mean, I, I think that they should have that right because um, if if I had built a platform like that and I wanted to protect it, I would want to have the ability to do so. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, I would say they sh- they should. Yeah. So. 
there, there's that within itself. And again, uh, keep in mind whenever you're listening to all of these theories, um, Dr. Disrespect has been on his own Twitter channel and said that Twitch has not given him an official answer as to the reason why, which is just sparking more uh, mystery into all of this because at this point it is all speculative um, because the only other, you know, sexual misconduct that he was ever involved in was something that he admitted on his own channel, which was that he had an affair with somebody at that TwitchCon and he was ashamed of it. He admitted it to his wife and they were going to be working things out. And so his channel went dark, like, you know, no, no uploads and anything until like February, you know, like a few months later and then he's back. And so a lot of people are suspecting that that might be the reason. But again, like that within itself is a personal thing. And I, I don't know if, you know, again, I agree 100% that Twitch has the right to protect what they have built. And they are, you know, if, if companies are people the way that the government wants to, you know, allude that they are, um, then, you know, they, they have the right to make a decision based on their own morals, their own principles and policies and you know, sure, if they say, well, if you, you know, it's kind of like maybe like a, like a morals clause in your uh, NFL contract, you know, you get signed on by, a, you know, let's say the New England Patriots sign you to be a wide receiver for five years. Well, within that is a, is a behavioral clause or a morals clause um, that says that if you do anything that makes the team look bad, that is deemed as inappropriate behavior, depending on the magnitude of it, and maybe even you know a certain level of penalties, like you do it so many times. But you could be forfeited your right to be on the team, your forfeit your right to you know signing bonuses or your contact contract in general. So you know we don't know everything that's going on. Like we didn't read Doctor Disrespect's contract whenever he signed on with Twitch. You know we don't have that information. So. You know, like what you were saying before, you know, they, they should have the right to go back. And if they deem that as, you know, something that is not becoming of what they view as, you know, a, a good picture or a good light on their platform, then, you know, I guess. But at the same time, like, I just, I, I don't know if I personally believe that a company should be able to punish you for your own sins that you yourself have professed about and you know have as far as i can tell he and his wife are back together i'm sure their love for each other is stronger than ever because i mean if someone were to you know if my wife were to cheat on me and you know i gave her the second chance then you know i'm sure that my love for her would be stronger because you're you're not only trying to get that feeling again you know i know if you've ever listened to barry manilow but he has a good song that you know talks about going to a doctor because his wife's coming home and he's trying to, he's got to get that feeling again. It's not there. Yeah. So, you know, to, to have that feeling kind of charged up with your, your need to stay with the person that you love, I'm sure, you know, brings back a lot of trust and I'm sure has built up. So to know that he's dealt with that on his end, he, they, he has paid for it for the way that he feels that he should be paying for it. Um, and the next thing you know, this happens, like it just, that theory within itself, for me, doesn't hold a whole lot of water. But if it's true, it's compelling. Yeah, but I mean that's a very uh, that's a very nuanced topic because you know we're we're talking about the idea of a of a company being able to protect its image, which is something that you know you don't have to be a big streamer, you don't have to be a big household name 
for that to still apply to you because uh, almost every employer nowadays has some kind of social media policy that dictates that you what you can and cannot do uh, as as essentially a representation of their company. Sure. Even though it's your own private, well, it's probably public. Most sure. people's profiles are public, but even though it's your own personal public uh, profile that you are espousing your own views or your own whatever, they can still come back and say, well, you represent us and you said something that offends us or offends our customers, so you can't work for us anymore. Right. So, um, and that has been upheld for a long time unanimously for the, as far as i can tell any cases i mean yeah. look at the uh the fedex worker who you know mocked uh, floyd getting hit you know a knee pressed on his neck you know during a during a black lives matter protest you know he was sitting on the sidelines with a, a dummy on the ground you know basically yelling that this is going to happen to you just kind of mocking the whole thing well that was put on facebook fedex found out about it and he was immediately terminated yeah you're you're not safe, and and I would imagine that. Well, and people shouldn't feel safe. They shouldn't feel safe to just say ridiculous, egregious, unfounded things uh, into into the uh, the chaos that is the internet, and expect that nothing will come of it. I right. Think there, there should be accountability. You know, that's something that the internet introduced. That um, there's got to be some way to to rectify or regulate the idea that anonymity on a keyboard on the internet has created so much animosity, so much freedom for people to think that their actions are free of any consequences. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm glad, honestly, to see that that's coming back around yeah. and that you can't. You know, things like like uh, so many services requiring that you sign in with your Google account or your Facebook account or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, initially maybe that seems invasive, but at the same time, like, they don't want anonymous people on their platforms. And right. that does actually rid a lot of that kind of negativity. Uh, and then you get those crazy people that are fully aware that you can track down who they are and they'll meet you on Facebook Marketplace and they'll steal your stuff. Yeah. They will meet you there, give you like a fake wad of cash and run off with your thing. Like you're not going to go blast them to everybody. Yeah. And say, hey, this just happened. Don't don't talk to this person. Yeah. Don't, I mean, don't meet with this person. Gig is up. Yeah, done. people people have been too protected by the idea that I, I think that people have been, gotten too confident behind the keyboard, and now that you know, a, now that they keep putting their opinions out there, you know, it's like okay, after a while, yeah, like you're you know, you may not have some sort of backlash, but eventually you're gonna say the wrong thing. And your whole life could potentially crumble right in front of your face. And you are going to be shown in not the greatest light ever. And at that point, it, when you put your stuff out in public, then I guess at that point, like you do become at the mercy of the court of public opinion. Mm -hmm. And whatever they decide is unfortunately what is going to end up happening to you. Like you don't really have, I mean, because you could argue, like let, let's say this is the reason why Doc got you know banned from twitch there's not a whole lot you can do about it man like if 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 the twitch culture has said like you know what man like we love you we love your character we love who you are on on stream but at the same time like you represent a a, a core value set that we just can't keep supporting as a people mm -hmm. and i feel that if we as a community say that's not okay even if we don't necessarily want you to go away we have to make some sort of stand and it has to start with somebody, and unfortunately, it might have been. It might have just started with Doc. Like he just might have been that person that Twitch is like, okay, like we gotta make an example out of somebody. And for what? 
What did he do? But what did he I do? I just gotta know what happened. What did he do? Like, I don't care, and I really care. And I really want to know. Yeah. <clears throat> because, I mean, again, like, another theory is just that, you know, he was gonna be, that that he was secretly funding a startup for a new streaming platform. Um, but those rumors were shortly debunked after he got banned. Um, and then he he puts this, uh, you know, he, he donated to a another really famous streamer, um, and I guess uh, his name was, is Nick, Nick Merckx. And earlier today, I was watching Nick's stream, and somebody even asked, like, hey, what did Doc talk to you about? Like, what did he say? And he's like, I'll tell you in two months. That's whenever I can tell you. So even with that little nugget of information, okay, in two months... What, what's going to happen in two months? Like, why why can't he develop this information now? So, again, like, there's just a lot more circumstances that just add to this mystery. Um, and I, I'm i at the edge of my seat trying to just – I just want to know. And we'll just have to see what happens because the, the, the last theory is basically that Twitch gave Doc a hefty contract to keep him from going to another platform called Mixer. Um, which if you know anything about Fortnite, you know who Ninja is. Um, Ninja is a really famous streamer. He played with Drake. Like he, he got his big break uh, one night whenever he was playing with the with Drake, the, the artist. And like he had like over a million people watching his stream at that time. Um, and he went to Mixer. He signed a huge contract with them. And Twitch was afraid that Dr. Disrespect was going to do the same thing. So they, he signs a multi-million dollar contract with them. The next thing Twitch knows is that their competitor, Mixer, is actually going under. So now they have this huge contract that they just signed for a guy that they don't really need to have to prevent people from walking away from their platform anymore. So what better way to not have to pay those millions of dollars than to just find a reason to ban them? Yeah, but you know, I, w- I would say that um, unless... Unless he was like losing his appeal, losing his ranking, he sure. was not as much of a poster child as they maybe thought he was. I feel like the the obvious uh, response to that situation would just be that they renegotiate his contract. Sure, they would just say like, "Hey, you don't have anywhere else to go." So yeah, we have a clause in here that allows us to renegotiate the contract if either of us ever wants to. Not that not that they do. I don't sure. know, but. Um, I would imagine that most contracts, you know, on either end. Canceling is very different. Yeah. Canceling is totally different than renegotiating. um, And as far as everybody can tell, it's a permanent ban. They've refunded all of his subscribers. I'm one of them. uh, Yeah, that's and that's pretty atypical. So, But, you know, and the other part of the the silence and and the fact that it probably is a permanent ban and there is no information as to why is, uh, and maybe you kind of touched on this already, but um, that there might be some kind of criminal basis for it that mm-hmm. there's some kind of investigation that that twitch is aware of and they want to distance themselves now and they can't provide any additional information right. as to why um so you get the mystery but like honestly that's probably where my bet would be yeah is that there's some kind of criminal investigation that uh they're both aware of and mm-hmm. they're both not able to discuss any further publicly um maybe on dr disrespect side maybe either he can't or he doesn't want to yeah, yeah. Maybe it's too personal. Maybe it's um, too damaging. Yeah. Which, so, go ahead, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, um, you know, it, but he's he's just one face of many. Many. That that are caught up in this uh, cancel culture that's mm-hmm. going on today. 
Um, and there's some really good examples of people that should be canceled. That deserve to be deserve canceled. To be canceled. Uh, he's an example of someone that we don't know why. Right. So we, so we, we can't say classify him one way or the other. Um, but then, you know, there's some gray area people. Uh, and, and, you know, one of those people that was canceled and then reinstated was James Gunn. Right. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, and, and you would certainly know more about that than I do. But I, I, I at least know that he was fired mm-hmm. for having some sort of an offensive comment a long time ago. I'm pretty sure it was like transphobic jokes years ago posted on Twitter. Yeah, something that, you know, admittedly, embarrassingly, I've probably made similar jokes in the sure. past. Like, I've I've made tasteless jokes. Yeah. We all have made tasteless jokes. Yeah. Um, but then so much public backlash came from his firing that they reinstated him as the director. Yes, not only a public backlash, but also the backlash of the cast and crew who worked with him on the first uh, two Guardians of the Galaxies. Um, you know, they, they're like, look, you know, like you're painting him as this person, but that's just not who he is. Like we love him and we want him back. Like no, even knowing what we know now, we still support him and what he's doing and, and we want him back on it. And, and that was enough, uh, to get him back on to, you know, to get signed back on to be a writer. But a lot of people aren't so lucky, you know, you know, a lot of people are just, you know, like, all right, well. I guess I have to, you know, be held to this. But at the same time, like, it, especially that particular issue, it, just, it so many years went by, you know, it was not on people's radar. People didn't care. But then you have Twitter, which basically, as we've talked about before, just, you know, makes a chronological record of every thought that you've had the impulse to throw out into the world. And because we live in a more woke society, you know, we live in a more woke culture that, you know, once I guess is just trying its best to make sure that the people that we, you know, idolize or the people that we aspire from and gain inspiration from are the types of people that we would want them to be. Um, but at the same time, like it's like what you're saying just a minute ago. I don't think anybody listening to this podcast right now could openly admit that they've never sent something that was distasteful, a joke that, you know, probably was said back in 2003 would not be acceptable now. I mean, we have to remember that, you know, Carlos Mencina or Mencia was what was a real comedian that went around going, dun, 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 you know, talking about mentally handicapped people, but that would not fly now. Yeah. There, there's, there's zero way, but at the same time, like, you know, Carlos Mencina is not a comedian anymore, primarily just because he was a joke stealer and, and Joe Rogan made that pretty clear. Um, but yeah, that, I remember like kind of watching that as that unfolded. But yeah, like, I definitely don't steal jokes, and there is certainly some credence to the idea that all comedians steal jokes to a degree. Yeah, but when you lay out like all of the things that he made his career off of, mm-hmm. and how so many other people did them before he did, right? Yeah, it was very, very obvious that that's what. And he he went away. Yeah, he rightfully di- so. He disappeared. Well, so and he, you know you brought up he joked about uh, you know the dirt to dirt thing. Yeah, the president of our country. Did that literal thing, that exact thing. And what's really interesting about that situation is that I have never once seen him do it since, and I never saw him do it before. Right. And we're supposed to believe that, oh, that was just the way he mocks people, and it has nothing to do with the specific target of his mockery. Right. And, the like, no. No, 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 no. no, no that no. was very obviously pointed at him and his disability. And, you know... That should have been a really easy cancellation. Like, oh, yeah. whoa, this guy's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's not acceptable. Yeah. But it wasn't. It wasn't. 
because we were caught up in you know oh he's so not PC and that's what we need right now we need yeah we need someone who we need someone who will mock handicaps yeah we need Carlos Mencia in the in the White House yeah um, we need Carlos Mencia <laughs> in the White House well we're, we might get Kanye yeah we might get Kanye which I mean. I guess I respect him for being true to his word because, like, four years ago he did say that in 2020 he was going to be running for president. When I I don't remember if he was like an accepting an award or something like that, but he was just it, it was during he was whenever he was on stage just making like uh, you like a, just a fucking uncomprehensible speech, and he kept saying "bro" like. 30 different times, but by the end of this conversation, he decides that he's going to run for president in 2020. Everyone gets excited, and now he's actually doing it. We are living out the plot to idiocracy. Like, just every yeah. single day, we're getting closer and closer to Terry Crews in a mullet, you know, and we're our presidential, like, our Congress is being held at, like, a, a dirt bike rally. Yeah. Well, I, I saw someone tweet. I, I wish I knew who it was. I, I don't know. But they were like, Kanye running for president? Like, how would that work? Come on. A guy who thinks that he's God, whose uh, wife got famous for being naked, you know, a reality TV star? <laughs> this would never work. We would never have a president. <laughs> this would never happen. Yeah, come on, guys. Or it's the second coming. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Um, can you imagine? But, uh, but, but uh, again, just going back to it, James Gunn, he got his job back, yeah. and, and that just came from, you know, wild amounts of support and I support him, you know, like, okay, you said some distasteful things a long time ago. It's not like he wrote it yesterday. Yeah. You know, it's not like, it's not like he went on to Twitter and said that he supports white nationalists. Yeah. That people in higher power get away with doing, you know, the, you know, it, it just goes to show that if you're, if you're of a certain status, then you can say and do whatever you want to. But if you're just merely a director, you know, to high profile movies, then you cannot escape from what you've said in the past. Yeah. Um, but well, and the trouble is that all of these people that we're talking about, they are figureheads. They are public figures that, you know, what, even if they're not, uh, political, even mm -hmm. if they're not, um, even if they really don't have any way to change the, like the current, state of, of the world or the, or the country rather right um you know the truth is they do have a voice they do have a platform and um you know they're just really good examples of what everyone should be aware of because again even though they're famous and you and i are not right it still applies to us mm -hmm. and the fact that um the fact that people's imperfect records are being like recorded for all of time mm -hmm. on the internet and then revealed 10 years later to show that no you are in fact a bad person like, right that's scary that's terrifying that's because you know we we didn't grow up with i mean we grew up with the internet but i grew up with dial-up to begin with oh my I god remember, like being yelled at for even opening aol yeah uh, i'm on the phone damn it yeah and, and having like i could only send 250 text messages in a month yeah. which <laughs> lasted one day one flipping day yeah, and yeah i got yelled at lots of times for 400 hey calls. it's uh it's not it's quite seven o'clock can i call you back here in a second yeah i need my i need my night minutes yeah my mom's gonna kill me if you don't call if i you need to call me back because i get free incoming right yeah so do you so, ever do that do you ever call somebody and say hey call me back click uh yes yes yeah. definitely yeah yeah 
Uh, well, and I, I, we're getting way off topic, but uh, I remember I got my first phone when I was 13, mm-hmm. and that was a big deal. A huge deal. My grandma got it for me, and my mom was like, why did she get you a phone? You don't need you this. You don't need this. Yeah. But now you like you wouldn't Nokia, even think about not having yeah, it. Yeah, a snake phone. With, oh, my I, you God. You could, like, change the faceplate. Yeah. And that was, like, all they had was a wall of faceplates for this. Like, there were no cases for phones. There were just faceplates for phones. Because Nokia's were indestructible. Yeah, or, you didn't need a case for yeah. this. They're like, no, 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 no. This will last everything. Yeah. We just want you to be able to customize your weapon. <laughs> yeah, your brick in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so, so we grew up in a different time, and I feel like our parents especially, and a lot of the people that are are experiencing this kind of backlash for things that they didn't realize were being recorded for posterity forever. Right. Like they think you can go onto Twitter and just delete your thing and mm-hmm. it's gone. No. People have written scripts. They it's it's running in the background always and they've specifically targeted like uh checkmark Twitter accounts. Yeah. to to make sure that they don't ever get away with anything. Yeah. And while that's a good thing, that's a great thing because um that's where everything happens. Not necessarily on Twitter, but on the internet. Everything is happening on the internet. In now. real time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you shouldn't have the ability to just erase it. Right. Because um, that's what happens. That's when things go dark. Right. Uh, you know, the KKK never went away. It just went dark. Right. It, it was allowed to to kind of fade into the shadows, and it never should have been. Right. It should have been eliminated. So but, so what would have a better... Just speaking about James Gunn specifically, I know we got some other examples we're going to dive into, but just speaking on this one, just real quickly. So if James Gunn were to have just been like, you know, like, yeah, like I said those things, but I think more of anything, that's just, you know, a sign that I've evolved, you Mm -hmm. know, like, you know, I don't think that way anymore. And I think that if anything, we need tweets like, you know, we need a record account to hold ourselves accountable. So that way we can show like, you know what? I did say those things and I'm really sorry about that because ultimately that's all he can do. Right. He, he can't go back in time. He can't change the way that he used to think, but he can at least reassure everybody, this is not the way I think nowadays. And not only do I not think that, I clearly see why I was wrong. Yeah. Um, and we need more examples of people that are willing to admit that they were wrong. Right. And become an example of the ability to evolve and mm-hmm. to change. And I think that's something that a lot of people uh, are probably unfairly being robbed of, is, right. is the opportunity to really show that, uh, yes, I said something terrible, in the past, mm-hmm. um, but I don't believe that way anymore. Right, I'm I'm a, I'm a changed person. And not only that, I mean, it's not like James Gunn consistently went on Twitter and just bashed uh, trans people. You know, it's not like he went on a fucking drunken tirade. You know, it's not yeah. like he took Ambien and went on Twitter and said that uh, Valerie Jarrett was the combination between the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes. Yeah. You know... You, it, the well-documented <laughs> side effect of Ambien is yeah, racism. Is racism. Yeah, is racism. They say it on the commercials. Like, they, they warn you, you know, uh, you know, high blood pressure, sweating, racism, uh, bleeding out of your eyes into ears. Yeah, those are part of the side effects that they, they say on the Ambien well, commercial. So let me, let me challenge this, though, a little bit, because I agree. What Roseanne Barr said is... Like ridiculous. reprehensible, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. That that that's like, maybe maybe she was on Ambien, maybe she was drunk. But that's the thing you wake up and you're like, ah oh, shit, what have I done? Or right. you should, and if you don't, then you're problematic. Right. Um. So I don't I don't know what James Gunn's comments were. Mm-hmm. You said it, they were transphobic jokes. Jokes, yeah. Jokes, yeah. Uh, obviously, what Roseanne Barr said was a joke. 
to her. To her. She said it jokingly. And sure. she honestly did have an audience that received it as a joke. People that were just like so perturbed that she would face consequences for this at all. Right. Just completely shocked that why yeah. are we even discussing this? Uh, everyone's so PC now. Right. Um, what what really is the difference? Like where is it, is it because James Gunn was able to acknowledge like, yep, that was messed up. That was, But it was also like the time how much time had passed between it for him to be able to say and have already exhibited well I don't obviously I don't believe that way anymore sure obviously that was a joke because you've never seen me say anything like that since right um so I think it's twofold I think there's two reasons as to why um like the example of Roseanne versus James Gunn um it was handled differently and why it should have been handled differently is that with James Gunn it's more of an isolated incident whereas Roseanne Barr has been known to go on Twitter and say highly offensive things. You know, again, with the Parkland shooting situation, like she tweeted like Nazi salute, saying that she was giving a person a Nazi salute and she was ordered by MSNBC to take that tweet down, which she did, but people had already seen it. You're 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 a public figure. Even if you have, let's say, a million people following you on Twitter, and let's say only three percent of those people have notifications turned on anytime you post because they're just such a huge Roseanne Barr fan. They want to know everything that you're thinking. Mm-hmm. The moment that you put that on the internet, somebody is going to have a hold of it, and you're not going to be able to take it off. Yeah, it's it's no longer in your hands. Yeah, it it is cemented in the vastness of the internet and you, you can't get rid of it. And to know that not only, to know that that is just a consistent thing that she does is that she goes on social media and says things that not only are like kind of iffy, but just like, I mean, if I went on, if my job, you know, going back to what we said before, you know, we as individuals, just because we're not public figures doesn't mean that we're not beholden to what we say on social media. You know, if somebody had posted a Parkland shooting article and I quoted Nazi salute about it and, you know, said it was a hoax or said that it was a hoax. Yeah. And that it was fake. And let's say my job calls me up and says, hey, Aaron, um, we happen to see that and uh, we really don't like the way that you think you're gone. I'm sorry. Like you just run those consequences. And so knowing that someone like myself would not be given any sort of special treatment, you know, if I was going to be held accountable for that, I, I do think that because Roseanne Barr was saying it in real time, it wasn't something that was found a long time ago. Um, she was saying it like it was happening in real time, so we're feeling it in real time. Especially in the climate of today. Right, exactly. Or rather of 2018. Right, well, and also to know, like, this was happening at a time where, uh, I mean, Trump was president. You know, I'm not saying that Trump caused her comments or anything like that. No, but he certainly created a, a climate of people that that felt much more emboldened to just say whatever it was that was on their mind. Just so confident yeah. that, that that they can say some some sort of, you know— either semi-racist or fully racist, you know, statement and just be absolved of whatever backlash could come out of that. Yeah. You know, it, the thing about it is though, the unfortunate thing is that you are a public figure and you should 100% be aware of everything that you're saying. Even if you truly believe it, if it, if it could be con- presumed that you're a racist and that what you said was not funny, you should at least deal with the consequences of that. Yeah. Now, going back to the court of public opinion on it, n- no one really came to Roseanne Barr's side because from, you know, people did, but I would say the majority of people didn't to know that Disney can 
rehire James Gunn after looking at everything. First fire him and then be like, okay, now after every after everything, we've decided, you know, we're gonna let him back on. So very clearly Mm-hmm. Companies are willing to do that. Yeah. You know, willing to reevaluate something, be like, you know what, maybe we did pull the trigger a little bit hard on that. And after careful reconsideration, we think that, you know, they probably shouldn't be held forever, yeah. like, you know, for something. You know, so to know that that happened and the powers that be still canceled her show and still, you know, kind of semi blacklisted her, you know, from yeah. ever appearing in anything ever again, it's rough. And I think that I have a lot of fond memories of watching Roseanne. And I think Roseanne is a funny person. I just think that Roseanne has some ideals that have been locked away for a long time because because she hasn't had access to the internet. But because now that she has access to her own platform, just because anybody has access to their own platform, their own their own s- megaphone mm-hmm. to project what they want to say. Whenever they want to say Whenever, it. at yeah. any time of day. doesn't have to be a press release. They don't have to have their little notes from disney about what they can and can't reveal about the movie they right. just they, they wake up in the morning and they're like this is my breakfast yep racism this is how i feel about jewish people yeah yeah uh, it's it's crazy and you know i think that um someone like roseanne barr who i'm really not familiar with i have sure. no idea i don't know where her heart is i don't know what was going through her head i don't know how uh, often or frequently she made comments like that or not necessarily about Valerie, Valerie Jarrett, but I, actually I, I do know that she like made two separate comments about yes. Valerie Jarrett. Yes. Um, but, but other than that, I really don't know much about her, but, but if we were to compare her to somebody like Dave Chappelle, who regularly uh, makes jokes that would be considered offensive. Yes. Um, but he does so intentionally. He isn't trying to get away with anything. He's doing it in an effort to bring it to your attention. Yeah. Like my saying this does not really contribute to like that animosity. It's right. just it's just bringing it to your attention that this exists. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I do think that comedians are probably they might be a dying breed right now. They are 100 percent a dying breed because there is there is nothing that they can say that is not going to face backlash. That right. isn't gonna. Um, enter into this arena mm-hmm. this crucible yeah. of of what is and is not acceptable and and really it's just a matter of uh, did you say it at the right time right did you say it with the right inflection um did you have you said it before and, and you know there's there's lots of things that obviously would go into determining whether somebody was trying to offend you or was trying to make you laugh but um you know, and I, I love Dave Chappelle. Yeah, Dave Chappelle is a, a national treasure. Absolutely, yeah. I think Dave Chappelle will will go down as probably the best comedian, at least for me, because he is the he's the type of comedian that does exactly what you were talking about. You know, can make you know a joke about police brutality. You know that everyone in the room is laughing at white people, black people, Latinos. It doesn't matter. But then by the end of that joke, he will go into a historical account of you know the history behind what he's talking about. And then you have a chance to kind of reflect like, Oh, well what he said was funny, but yeah, but and there, it, there are real social nowadays. issues. Yeah. I mean, he, he's always had the ability to, to bring in real social issues and to actually have like a constructive commentary on it. Like he, yeah. he's a very, very smart person. Uh, Highly he's very aware of everything that's going on. And he, he's, he's able to kind of give it to you in a digestible format for you to like laugh about it and be like, mm-hmm. Oh shit. Yeah. That's crazy. So you know that's that's a rare skill, um, and I and I would say that that's probably the reason that um, uh, 
Dave Chappelle can get away with saying the, the F-A-G-G-O-T word that I will not say. Yeah. Because uh, his heart and his intention is very clear. Like, mm-hmm. He's not trying to offend gay people. He's right. just saying, like, this is a word, and it matters how you say it. Right. It matters what you mean when you say that. Words are only words when you put the meaning behind it yeah. is kind of what he's saying. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then if we kind of step away from Dave Chappelle and, and comedians, you know, there's there are so many other examples of, of uh, actors or just people in, in pu- public figures in general that are uh, getting caught up in this culture, whether rightfully or wrongfully. Uh, one that just ca- came up with Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I guess he's got some new movie coming out. The Tax Collector. The Tax Collector, yeah. And uh, um, people assumed that he was playing brownface mm-hmm. because he was had a darker complexion and he was uh, supposedly, he has like, a, people called it a cholo accent. Like it's just, mm-hmm. you know, a, a Latin accent from, from the hood. And uh, so they assumed naturally that he's, I say naturally, for whatever reason, they assumed he's he's playing uh, uh, a brown-skinned character. Right. But And they wanted him gone. They wanted him canceled. Shia LaBeouf. Like, literally, what was it, just a couple of weeks ago? Uh, no, that's definitely much longer than that. But, uh, you know, Peter Butter Falcon comes out, and his, uh, like, biopic video with about his dad, I forget mm-hmm. the name of it now. Yeah, I forgot um, about it too. But, but both critically acclaimed. Both critically acclaimed. Both kind of, like, shifted everybody's opinion of him, because that's, like, his reemergence sure. onto the scene, is, is of someone that's just, like, bearing his soul. Yeah. To, to everybody and really showing like a journey that he's been on to just like accept himself, accept the world, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. but, but ultimately like it was not that long ago that everybody loved Shia LaBeouf. What was very excited about his comeback. Yeah. Like we're really looking forward to seeing what he had. Yeah, for now us. he's a genuine dude. He did that hot wings interview or hot so good. interview. Yeah. yeah. Such a good one interview. One of my absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he did a great job. Dude. Yeah. He killed it. Absolutely. He Dabbed killed every it. wing, yeah, every single one. Um, but so, so, Everybody loved him, and then without any confirmation, they think he's playing brownface or doing brownface, and so they want him gone now. Now they just can't stand that. Or, or And it might just be – I might be putting words in people's mouths sure. that, like, they hate Shia LaBeouf now. Right. But, but ultimately – At least like, the perception yeah. is what it is. Yeah, the perception is what it is. And uh, uh, the director ended up coming out and saying that, no, he's not playing that character He's actually playing a Jewish character that grew up in the hood. Yeah. Which is a very real, like, that happens. That happens white all the time. Grew up in the hood. And he's the only white person in the movie. Yeah. He's the only one. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm hoping that that is an example of a shift where, um, to me, it's good that studios or uh, Twitch or Facebook or whatever are are willing to actually react to public outcries on things sure. and show that they're listening and yeah. they should be listening because people are voting like these, this is the will of the people they're mm-hmm. voting on what they do and don't want to see right. uh, in, in all walks of life. And so I'm really glad that they're listening. Um, but I also think that, or I'm hoping rather that this is an example of, of the, the pushback because that pendulum swings real hard one way and everybody gets canceled at the first sign of anything offensive mm-hmm. and then it's going to swing real hard the other way and, and nobody's going to be canceled because uh, they, th- these platforms or wh- whoever don't want egg on their face for having just like b- cowed to the crowd you mm-hmm. know, the mob um, there needs to be the happy medium sure. of hey this happened why did this happen do you condone this 
And then someone comes out and says, no, we don't. These are the details. These are the facts. And everyone – and then the proper response from the public is, okay. As long as everything lines up. Right, right? exactly. But, uh, that We should see more of that. Yes. It's a, it's a – I can understand the impulsivity of people, especially in Hollywood, and having a opinion about a director, um, a, casting, a casting manager, um, putting somebody in a role – that ethnically would not be in that role. Um, I, we've seen it happen with Disney a lot in the past. Um, you know, knowing that, uh, or even like let's let's even take you know something uh, a really bad movie, um, Dragon Ball Re- Evolution. You know that movie was fucking terrible and just a stain on everything that is Dragon Ball. But at the same time, they had an opportunity. I mean, it is an all Japanese based anime. Like that's where it spawned from. And the characters in this show are primarily Japanese. So when you have an Aaron Paul-looking guy playing the main character, you know, that it kind of washes out the culture that created this very thing. Um, So to see that people are a little bit more like, hey, why are we not giving these opportunities to actual people of that culture to, to portray... You know, because if Shia LaBeouf was playing a Latino gangster, there are plenty of actual Latino gangsters that have moved into an acting career that would probably be pretty great in that role. Yeah. So I, I could I could see the argument and I could see the public outcry and saying like, man, you know, not only is it with blackface, you know, now they're moving into brownface. Like, we, you know, there there is no end to Hollywood just whitewashing every role possible. Um, you know, yeah. I, I can see that. But at the same time, to... To have that opinion with no context, no solid information whatsoever. You see a picture or you you see what other people are saying about it and be like, oh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. But like, okay, well, you agree with that, but is that what's really happening? Exactly. There's not, there's not the research that needs to be going into these things. Everyone has every opportunity to research and know what they're talking about. Absolutely. And so few people actually take the time to do that. Well, I think it's I honestly I think a part of it is because, you know, I in high school was trained pretty well to do research and to look at articles, you know, validate sources, at least measure their credibility. Um, and that came with debate though, you know, with us having to, you know, give up, you know, as if we are policymakers. You know, we have to get up and argue policy, you know, whether or not if we should have renewable energies or, or if we should have a focus on renewable energy. You know, we yeah. have to be able to be like, okay, well, this article says this, but it's it's titled letter to the editor. So that within itself loses credibility because any Joe Blow could have written this. It was written four years ago, so it's not on the up and up of technology. You know, you can really scrutinize the validity or at least the substance of what's being told to you very easily. But I think that because people have a not been really trained to, to do that stuff, or at least have not been given the idea that they need that skill set. Do you think that that should be like, well, okay. I was going to ask you if you think that should be a class, but I think that, you know, you go through public school and you know, if you, if you took English at all, you do, you have to write essays, you have to write, you know, in MLA format, you have to cite your sources. I feel like lots of, or pretty much everybody is exposed to that mm-hmm. um, with obvious uh, exceptions for the fact that not all schools are created equal. Absolutely. Which is, uh, which is a fact. Um, but but you would think, you would hope. You would hope. That that was an exposure that a lot of people had. 
but um, you know, maybe it's just that it's a perishable skill. It's like math. If you yeah. don't do math, you don't remember how to do it. So, um, and, and especially, I think that one factor for it as well is the death of real journalism. Sure. Um, especially for people that are getting their news from social media. Yeah. Especially people that they just scroll through their feed and before they've even read the article and studies are showing that they're actually not reading articles right before they comment on it. Um, but the title of it is like, it tells you, you should feel this way about the content of this, yeah. this article. This is happening and it's terrible. Yeah. The end will blow your mind. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Number seven is outrageous. Yeah. And, and, and so we're trying to encapsulate these like really complex topics into a picture and a caption and a headline. And, and, and the lots whole, of people are okay with that. Yeah. Well, and not only that, it's like they miss the point of those tags, which is just to get you to click it. It's not there to like, hey, this is all the information. This is everything you need to know about what's going on. No. It's like, hey, this is our opinion. Why don't you go ahead and read what we're saying about this opinion? But that's not what they do. And I think that like, because whenever you and I, like going back to the, you know, English and book reports and stuff like that, you know, what were the sources that we used primarily? encyclopedias encyclopedias yeah britannica and you know those are you know and, and we were specifically told that wikipedia is not a is not a source. source it's not a reputable source what do you look at when you want to know something when you when you ask hey google tell me about this thing it's going to pull up a wikipedia article by default yeah so right out of the gate like we're already kind of fed unreliable information from sources just by asking a question well i wouldn't I, I was i wasn't so much saying that wikipedia was an unreliable source well no i'm just I, saying i we're, was just like i was i was commenting on the evolution like when, when wikipedia was first a thing it probably right. wasn't a reputable source yeah but now it's like the authority if you want to know something you don't go to the library and grab an encyclopedia you go to wikipedia online well not only that wikipedia just over the years has actually strengthened their um their policies on editing information. Like if you don't put a source on it within a certain amount of time, that's been verified. They it remove, back, yeah, yeah, they, they, they remove it. So even, even Wikipedia has taken bigger steps to make sure that you're getting like good con, like good verifiable information. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think that there's just a big, I, th I just think there's a big gap of people who, yeah. who just don't, they either have never been forced or like what you're saying, you know, they, they don't do it regularly. So now what they do is, you know, it's like, well, I'll just go on the internet and find it. But at the same time, like just cause it's on the, everybody knows now just cause it's on the internet doesn't make it true, but people still go to the internet and make those arguments without validating any sort of credit, yeah. the credential that of the person that they're quoting. Yeah. Well, we were told over and over that like, don't believe anything you see on the internet. And yeah. then you see your parents saying something like, well, I don't know, Freedom Eagle says that Mark Zuckerberg's an alien. Yeah. So he must be an alien. It has to be true. It has to be. I saw it on Facebook. Alex Jones said this on his show. It has to be true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting role reversal where yeah. I, I do feel like, not necessarily for me and my parents, but um, just the sheer number of people that I do see on Facebook uh, that that don't. They're, they're perfectly okay not researching the thing that they're talking about. And it's right. easy. It's easy to get caught up in that because yeah. and I've, I've caught myself. I'll read an article. I'm like, wow, that makes me feel a certain way. Yeah. I see somebody say something that I'm like, you obviously didn't get it or whatever. And I need to like course correct the conversation. Right. And as I'm about to press enter, I'm like, hang on. 
I probably don't know the whole story. Right. Let me make sure I'm not putting my foot in my mouth. Right. And a quick Google search is usually all it takes. Resolves most of those Five problems. Five keywords. Yeah. Type them out in Google first. Find out if you're right. Then go. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah. And that's, that is a skill that I wish was more common. Yeah. So, so to see people see an article like Shia LaBeouf possibly doing brown face, you know, okay, at face, at no pun intended, but at face value, you know, that I would understand why that would cause some sort of backlash. But again, that information was very easily cleared up by a simple tweet Someone's like, hey, like this isn't the, the tweet that was tweeted to the director was, I think this is a really important question that you should answer publicly in 2020. Is Shia LaBeouf playing a playing brown, you, playing brown, brown face, you're doing yeah. brown face? And if so, why did you not hire a Latino actor? And his response was, this is a very important answer uh, or this is a very important question. Shia LaBeouf is is a Jewish person playing a white man in the hood of this movie and is the only white person in the entire film. Like just a simple, less than 140 characters Mm -hmm. clears up any sort of animosity that you felt towards this subject and should at least make you a little relieved that your original opinion on it was based off of information that wasn't completely right. And you might just have to admit that you read things that tug on your heartstrings, which, again, those taglines are intended to do that. It's intended to stir some sort of emotion with you. Um, but at the same time, you need to make sure that that, that that emotion is worth it. Like, are you really going to get all bent out of shape about something that you don't even really know 100% about? And if, but if you're not willing to do the research on it, then that's your problem. Like that's your fault. And if, if, if the truth comes out eventually and you don't research that truth and want to stick to your original opinion, then you're part of the problem. Well, we're all, I I think to a certain degree, we're all being emotionally manipulated to feel the way that somebody wants you to feel. Right. Whether that's your politically, your political affiliation, you know, the party that you claim to support or. Um, the whatever company that mm-hmm. wants you to believe that they give a shit about this public cause that like whatever they're doing is more than likely just a PR move. Like it is, it is a calculated decision to make sure that they either do or don't offend the right or wrong people. Right. Um, but you know, that goes back to something that you brought up earlier. The, the fact that companies are considered people. Mm-hmm. Citizens United established that they can, yeah. or, or rather are legally considered uh, a person or one entity. Um, and, you know, that comes with its benefits and its drawbacks. And, um, you know, there's there's some rights that come along with being a person that I don't think that a company should have. I don't think that a company Power to should... influence elections. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's bunk. But um, at the same time, as much as, you know, capitalism and... and uh, you know, greedy corporations get shit on in, in public opinion. Uh, they're really the ones that are responding most to yeah. public outcry. Yeah. You know, it's not you, politicians. You would hope that politicians and our government would actually be listening and, mm-hmm. and, and saying, whoa, Twitch, like we're hearing change. that there, that your platform is allowing all this shit to happen. We as a constituency cannot allow that, so we're going to be influencing some sort of regulation that you're going to have to abide by. It's not them doing that. It, they're self-regulating themselves and saying, like, we as a company are going to just take matters into our own hands mm-hmm. and just snuff out all 
of the stuff that we don't want part of our culture. Yeah. Well, uh, Zuckerberg, um, I forget his name, uh, but the Mark. guy, the CEO, <laughs> I know his name is Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I was talking about the CEO of Google. Um, uh, I don't remember his name, but, uh, those two and, um, uh, I've, I've now Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Jeff Bezos is the third and there's a fourth. I want to, I want to say Bill Gates. Uh, um, Sundar, uh, Pajai, Pajai, Pajai. Okay. Um, uh, sorry if we butchered that, but yeah, we most likely did. Uh, either way, it's, it's a collection of CEOs of these like multi-billion-dollar corporations that effectively are the platforms on which American culture exists. Mm-hmm. Like every everything that happens in America is on these platforms, um, with the exception of like Twitter, which is obviously very huge. But I don't know. Either, maybe Jack Dorsey is just not considered as important as Mark Zuckerberg, or they couldn't get him. But I didn't even see that they were trying. There to. was no movie over him, so I'm yeah, assuming he's Jesse Eisenberg didn't play him. Yeah. So, so, uh, but they're they're all going to go testify in front of Congress as far as like um, what what they are and are not prepared to do to moderate, to curate and censor. Um, things on their platform Mm -hmm. because there is, I don't know what the law is, but there is a law that basically protects those uh, institutions from being sued for the content. Like it's what allows them to host. It's the, it's, I believe it to be the same law that allowed pirate Bay to um, like, well, I say that pirate Bay to get shut down, but things like not for a long time though to to host, yeah, uh, to not like be actually giving you content or hosting the content. They're just allowing people. They to, facilitate like, do it. Yeah, it's just a, it, they're just a platform. They're not the content. They're not defined by their content. Right. Um, so, and that might be a, a bad um, um, model. Yeah, comparison. But ultimately, uh, you know, is that necessary? Do we need? Do we need corporate or yeah, corporations, platforms like Facebook to be able to be uh, not held accountable to the content that's on their their sites. I and and that's a really tough question, primarily because like it's. Uh, I mean, it is a yes and no, and you know a little bit. I mean, it is a gray area because if you believe in like the the Reagan era of government involvement or just any involvement whatsoever, is that you know you you should be able to basically exercise whatever right that you have as an American citizen without anybody intervening, as long as you're essentially not breaking the law or hurting another person. So for Twitter, Twitch, anybody to tell me that I have to feel or think or say a certain way feels wrong because, you know, we're, we're always told, you know, this is, this is America. You can, you have the freedom of speech, freedom to say whatever you want to, but then people get in trouble for things that they say. And well, yeah, but, but and again, the, the freedom of speech is it protects you from being legally like you can't go to court. No one can bring you to court for something that you say other, unless it's defined as hate speech right? or slander or, or li- slander. Libel. Yeah, like there are there are obviously caveats to that, but <clears throat> but it doesn't protect you from consequences. Right. It just protects you from litigation. Right. So but the assumption is, is that if what I am saying is true, at least to my perception or my opinion, then. You know, like I'm not slandering anybody. I'm not. It's not a hateful speech. It, if I believe within myself, unless you're intentionally being hateful, like you know, spouting the N word is, you know, even if you truly believe in your right to say that, it's hate speech. Um, I honestly don't know because at the same time, like you know, I think it is important that Facebook or Twitch regulate the type of things that are being said. Like, hey, 
if you're saying this as fact, we at least have the obligation to say, well, it's not, because then they are facilitating fake news. They are they are allowing it to happen because they have the power to stop it. If they if they're like, hey, like there is just legitimately no way for us to you know see hundreds of millions of posts every second and validate all this information, then we just wouldn't do it. But at the same time, I can post a link on Facebook, and if that link has been deemed false, you know, a little balloon pops up, you click and say, hey, this is actually either false or misleading, and here's an article that talks about that. Yeah. Uh, well, Facebook does that. They uh, yeah. already, you know, they have those little um, content filters that, that'll, like, blur out the image and say, like, this was hidden for this reason. Right. Click here if you want to uncover the photo. Um, so, but if we really want to, like, break it down a little bit, I feel like ultimately they want to protect their image. Right. Because their image is all they have. If people don't think that they are a reputable company, they won't use them, right? You would think, right? No, that in, no investors. Seems like a logical consequence. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they want to protect their image. Nothing new there. Um, but then, you know then they become the arbiters of truth. Then they become the, the people that are censoring speech. Right. And uh, that is a very slippery slope. It's a dangerous precedent. Um, now, they're obviously, they're already allowed to do that. And uh, some cases are obvious that mm-hmm. it should be censored. It should be removed because it's inflammatory. It's, it's encouraging violence, you yeah. know, whatever. Um, others, you know, not so much. What's interesting to me about it, too, is that... Um, the same people that are a lot of the same people that are upset about Facebook's efforts to censor what they consider to be conservative voices, which almost always ends up just being like some random dude with nobody that cares about what he says that just feels like he got shadow banned. Yeah. Like, oh, my post didn't get any likes. So Facebook must have got in the way. They don't want me to get any traction. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, but those same people that are upset that they would be trying to do that are also the same people that are upset that, you know, Google is, um, uh, not doing more to make sure, or not, not necessarily Google, but Facebook is not doing more to, to get rid of fake news. Like right. they're upset about fake news and they want there to be efforts to get rid of it. But then when there's actually something going on, there's actually, there's actions being taken to get rid of it. Now mm-hmm. they're upset that who's being targeted. Right. Uh, and you know, I don't think there's really an easy answer to that how they how they navigate that. But um, it's a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah, it's a it's a conflict that needs to be resolved. Yeah, absolutely, it does. I mean, because these are these are just questions that are born out of a new day and age that we live in. Like you know, our our life, the way that we go about our daily day routine, the way we source our information, the way we curate our content. The, the way that we interact with other people changes every single day. And it seems like, especially now, compared to, you know, how it was when we were kids, you know, it changes even faster. So, you know, now we're in this world of, you know, it's like what Dave Chappelle said. You know, we live in the age of spin, you know, the age that we don't even know what the fuck we're looking at anymore. You know, so to know that we live in a world like that, does mean that there is there's there's something that needs to be done about that you know it's like what um denzel washington said if you read the newspaper you're misinformed if you don't read the newspaper you're uninformed you know it's 
there's just no way of, you know, like I'm saying, you know, these are supposed to be the arbiters of truth. You know, these are supposed to be the people that are, you know, giving well, us supposed to be or turning into both. I, I think that it, so you so you think Facebook should be no no okay no I, I meant like okay on that aspect I'm more like towards like uh, journalists and stuff like that okay, you know yeah. they're they're supposed to be the people who are developing the truth to us and instead you know we can't trust them so we're we're counting on Facebook we're counting on Twitter and Google to to validate this information but like what you said you know we we don't want it to happen to the people that are on our side that we identify yeah with. that we identify with because then that would mean oh shit is that does that mean that i'm wrong yeah like it, oh like yeah, that's a gut check yeah oh wow this guy just got removed for you know spreading fake news or uh being hateful whatever yeah which, you know everybody and then there are the times when maybe somebody uh again was wrongfully censored sure uh, people make mistakes but um you know, it could be spun anyway, and I, I agree with you that uh, journalism, journalists that that effectively should be giving us just the facts. Mm-hmm. Um, that that precedent kind of going away mm-hmm. is is really probably the most damaging thing to the institution of 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 people's ability to gather what's going on in the world and form an opinion. Yeah, and. Uh, it's, but I don't know that that's even really journalists' fault. I don't know that that's um, some some sure. for sure. Absolutely, they're, they're not out there to give you the truth. They're out there to give you their their spin on the truth. Yeah, they're there to sell their article. Yeah, um, to sensationalize whatever it is that they found. Yeah, for sure. But I don't I don't know that that's the case for most of them. I think that that you know the twenty four hour news cycle is to blame for that. Sure. I think that there's lots of reasons why uh, people get it wrong. Yeah. They want to be the first one to break the news, so they they might not have done all their due diligence to make sure that what they're talking about is correct. Well, I mean, and a good example of that was that CNN article that I think we talked about it on our last off-script episode where, you know, the still shot of a kid in a MAGA hat, you know, standing in front of a Native American beating a drum, you know, with the caption, you know, teenager harasses Native American, you know, with his MAGA hat, you know. You immediately want to sensationalize that story because that is going to get clicks. It's mm-hmm. going to get people talking. It's going to get traffic on your fucking news site. But then, lo and behold, these people were completely wrong about what they had seen. Yeah, he was just there on a school trip. Yeah, he like, and he was approached. Yeah, he was approached. Was, he was standing there silently. That guy went up in his face and beat a drum, and, and all it took was one photo. And I, and obviously, everyone wanted to believe that the hostile and aggressive one was the teenager who's just, which di- who's just disrespecting this pure native American mm-hmm. who, and which I'm not saying that the man is not pure, but at the same time you have questionable motives. If you're walking up to a teenager and creating a, a tense, hostile environment, like, you know, you, you are essentially asking for that. And then, so he was asking for, um, what do you what do you mean? He's asking for what? Uh, well, I, he's not asking necessarily for anything, but it, if he is deciding to what, whatever consequence comes out of it, he's asking for it. So if oh, he's he's the the Native American beating the drum has right. created a situation where there will be consequences. Yeah. So whatever so happens, whatever happens, he he, he is the catalyst of because sure. if he's I the see. one who's. Okay. De- he decided to walk up to a kid, a child. You can look at this person and say he's not a full grown man yet. I am. But I'm going to go into this kid's face, even if it's 
because it's something that he believes in. Like he believes that he's standing up for, you know, the side of that hat might've triggered something in him. So he's believe, you know, I'm making a stand against this particular philosophy, this whatever. Yeah. And so, so then it depends on which side you fall as to who's asking, who started the asking. Yeah, exactly. Who's, who started the conversation of, well, you're wearing a hat, so I'm going to get in your face. And I'm all that, that wearing that hat is wrong. Yeah. And all that is muddled by simply one news outlet, putting up a picture with a skewed tag on it. And all of a sudden, you have two sides to a story where there's really only one side, and we're going to debate it until, like what we talked about, um, about the Go Fast videos and stuff like that. You know, even if there was a high-def resolution, clear-cut video of what happened in that moment, we still might have people arguing about, you know, the, you know, the what's really ha- what's really transpiring, and you know, they they even then they may still cling to their opinion about what's happening. So if we have really anybody to blame other than Trump about the validity of fake news, it is our news outlets. You know, it is the, the, the sense that we have to get people looking at us as much as possible. You know, they, they have created, you know, looking at the brown face situation, you know, you, you take one opinion, you become, you're a journalist, you hear one opinion about something and you run with it. And then, you know, even if it's just them questioning it, like you making an article insinuating that Shia LaBeouf is doing brownface is essentially creating a fictitious narrative that could ruin this kid's life. Because what if so many, what if people said, you know what? No, we don't accept this answer from the director. You're doing brownface. We don't like it. We're not going to go see your movie. All because of stuff that they were unwilling to research themselves. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, um, we we talked about that in the last episode as well. And I th- one example that I actually wanted to talk about in that episode that I don't think that we ever did was the kid in Tulsa that threw um, a smoke grenade landed at his feet. So these protesters, um, I'm, I'm jumping around in the story, but uh, yeah. people protesting in the street in the, on the highway – uh, one car here was in let Tulsa. through. Yeah, right here in Tulsa. One car was let through, um, and then another truck tried to follow behind them, and this truck was pulling a big old horse trailer. Um, and the video picks up like right when all the action happens, so you really don't have any context as to how it escalated to this point. But uh, as the as the truck with the horse trailer is trying to get through the crowd, um, it just it gets crazy out of control. People are jumping on the hood. They're beating on the car. He's like speeding off. Um, runs over a person in the process. Yeah, runs over a person. Did he in break the that guy's neck? Just for prosperity, I don't I'm pretty sure. Remember, I think maybe yeah. it was his ankle that broke. Yeah, keep keep going. I'm gonna yeah. look that up while you're doing that. But um, but ultimately, the the thing that I remember most from that was that a smoke grenade. There were several smoke grenades in this video, but one of them landed at some kid's feet. He very clearly in the video picks it up from you know the ground and just throws it out of the way. Mm-hmm. What, what would you do if you're walking down the street and a smoke grenade falls at your feet and you don't want a smoke grenade in your area? I'd yeah, probably pick it up, throw it away or, or run. You know, yeah. you have two options. You get rid of it or you get out of the way. You either vacate it or you vacate yeah. the premises. So a sensible action. Um, but what happened is they, somebody screenshotted that video at a specific point in time so that the frame which would make it appear as though that kid threw the smoke grenade into the horse trailer and... Uh, 
And then there were reports that people were pouring gasoline into the horse trailer, and the, the horses died. And yeah, uh, they like, you can hear the horses scream in yeah in, in fear because the trailer's on fire. Yeah, and and I I honestly to this day I still have no idea if there were even horses in that trailer, but I do know that that kid did not throw the smoke grenade into the trailer. But even though all it literally took was to just watch the video, you don't have to watch search. the ten seconds. Yeah, you don't have to go and like research or dig or or you know get to know this person to know whether he might or might not have done that no just watch the 10 second video and you'll see it goes nowhere near the inside of that trailer but without in the absence of anybody willing to do that there were several petitions that were started that had several tens of thousands of signatures for people calling for him to like be arrested and yeah. charged with uh, uh, animal cruelty, animal cruelty, destruction, yeah, and and even on those petitions, people were commenting and saying like, "Just watch the video." Yeah, like that didn't happen. Yeah, and people would comment back, "Well, it doesn't matter. He yeah. shouldn't have thrown a smoke grenade." Like, how does it not matter? You want this guy to go to jail, this kid to go to jail? You want him to have a criminal record? Do. Yeah, it's wild. and and you're okay. You are publicly okay with essentially charging a man with a crime that he did not commit. Where's the justice in that? I mean, you we are trying to tout ourselves as a fair and just country that has you have freedom and you you have rights as an individual, you have a court process, you know, you you're innocent until proven guilty. People are willing to forego all of that just for their own personal opinion. Like it's not you that's being accused of these things, so you don't really care about what you say should just be the consequence. The yeah. Oh yeah, like fuck this guy. Okay, well, why? Well, he threw a grenade into a horse trailer. Okay, well, I mean, did you watch it happen? I saw the picture of it. Well, did you watch the video? No. Well, why aren't you watching the video? Doesn't matter. Then you are actively, intentionally choosing to be uneducated about something. You're choosing to be irresponsible. Right. And and that's the level of which that, for me, is the scariest is the fact that people can look truth in the face and know that it's the truth and still choose like no I'm not going to like well that that still goes against what what I'd like to believe so no like I, I still want to believe that that kid is guilty and and should be held accountable for something I don't think people should be protesting in the street right well I mean it's just like uh you ever seen the movie Sweeney Todd with Johnny Depp yeah okay well there's a scene in it where the judge is uh he just got done sentencing a kid to, to a hanging uh, like, like a fucking like seven-year-old. You will be hung by the neck until you're dead, and may God have mercy on your soul. Um, well, his, his uh, I guess, ward, his sidekick, uh, Beetle, uh, Beetle Bumfrey, in the, sh- in the movie, you know, said, you know, great sentence, sir. He's like, did you think, you know, was I fair? Like, he's like, well, he must have done something to warrant a hanging. You know, so just to even, like, just to basically please this, his friend, who's a judge, you know, okay, well, even if he's not guilty of that, he had to have done something to warrant him getting in trouble. You know, it's kind of the same mentality that these people have. It's like, okay, well, even if he didn't do this wrong, he's guilty of something. Yeah. So you He might was have... standing in the street. He's a hooligan. So yeah. surely he's done something. Let's just get the ball rolling. Right, exactly. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and just, you know, get this kid locked up. Yeah. So there, there's definitely a level of responsibility that people have just sacrificed and just... And I think that that maybe is the reason why places like Facebook should... Or, or, or at least maybe not should, or just have to take on this responsibility is because people are unwilling to do it themselves. And if you're going to use this information to shape our society and our culture, then we are at least going to give you the tools 
to know that this information is at least misleading or completely inaccurate, and then you can make decisions based off of that. So, I mean, it, it's definitely, it, we're just going to have to see what happens out of it, I think. We're, we're, we're just going to have to see what they, like what you were saying before, you know, what what they are are and are not willing to do about policing content on, on their platforms. And I think that ultimately whatever they come up with will just have to be something that's just going to have to work. Like we're just, we're going to have to find a way to make it work in some way because there is, it is a double-edged sword. You know, you, you don't want to censor free speech, but you also, we all understand that we have reached a point where news cannot just be passed off as news. It can't be passed off as real just because you put it on a site and make it look professional. And just because you put your name and credentials at the bottom of a fucking article, it doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and to, to make a stand up against it and say, no, 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 this isn't real news. Like we love news on our content, on our platform, but we're not going to stand for you creating a false narrative. Like that's, it's irresponsible as a person to do that, but it would be even more irresponsible, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And, you know, as nerdy as that is, but you know, it it is true in that, um, you know, if I think it is, I think that that quote is better stated in the amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, because Martin Sheen's character as uh, uncle Ben doesn't say with great power comes great responsibility. What he says is if you have the ability to do something, then you have a moral obligation to do it, not power responsibility. So with that, it and I truly believe that. Like I think that if you have the power to stop something from happening that is bad, then you do have an obligation and a responsibility to do that because if nothing if no one else does it, then like nobody will. Like if you know if be the change you want to see. Right. Start with the man in the mirror. Yeah, and and that that is true. Like you know, if Facebook, like if let's say Mark Zuckerberg, you know, wants Facebook to reflect who he is as an individual, he has that right. It's his goddamn platform. Mm-hmm. Um, if he, if that's what he decides, then that's what he decides. Um, and I think it'd be int- it's going to be interesting as to f- to find out what the threshold is for it but i i think that uh like i said i just think ultimately we're just gonna have to see we're gonna have to look yeah um and i, and I think that honestly if you if you are a person that wants to see facebook moderating content you want them to be policing what people are and are not well what, well rather you want to see them start policing what people are putting on their platform because they have so much responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure that people aren't being given misinformation then you need to make sure that you yourself are doing the same thing. Right. That if you might not have the same platform as someone like Roseanne Barr or you know any of the other people we talked about, but you do still have a responsibility to the people that you do have a circle of influence over yeah. to make sure that you're not giving misinformation to them right. because that like that you're st- you're still a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You're still a cog in the machine. Uh, it it. Maybe it should have never got to the point where you were, it was given to you, but you still have the opportunity to stop passing that buck. Absolutely. And stop kicking that can down the road for someone else to step in and say, oh, wait, hang on. Yeah. I did a quick Google search, and mm-hmm. this is 100% false. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we all have that responsibility. Yeah. And 100%. I think that – and I and you are right. I mean, I think that if it ultimately just came down to we as individuals just 
take on that responsibility ourselves, we wouldn't have to worry about well, what it, why why did Twitter you know flag Donald Trump's tweet as hateful speech you know or why is this article labeled as misleading? We wouldn't have to have somebody tell us that stuff. We would just know, and we wouldn't have to fight and bitch and argue with each other about the things that we're seeing every single day. Like if it just went back to like what you were saying before, the twenty four new hour twenty four hour news cycle just reporting the facts. Like if that's all that they were forced to look at like hey you you can't really have an opinion about what's going on if 300,000 people die in in the Sudan tomorrow you just need to report that 300,000 people died in the Sudan tomorrow and not 300 people 300,000 people died in the Sudan yesterday and Donald Trump still has not said anything about it like okay well yeah let let people develop their own opinion of the facts exactly um and and I, I wish that that was more commonplace. Yeah, I really do wish. And I, honestly, I feel like that's why some, something like NPR mm-hmm. is so vital yeah. right now. Uh, reg, regularly rated as like the most one of the most un, unbiased sources. Of Completely impartial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and rightfully so. They're government funded. Yeah, publicly funded. Yeah. Um, so they're not out to make a profit. They're not trying to steer the conversation. Um, and there's just not enough sources like that. Every single source that I can think of other than NPR or uh, honestly I can't think of many TED Talks are, are good examples of sure, like sure. Uh, or just like the source itself yeah. you know saying the content of which you're looking at right um, but honestly pretty much everybody else that I can think of nowadays has a motivation you know uh, and as much as we obviously talk about Trump and we, we I wouldn't say we bash on him he, no. he he's asking for it yeah but um, he doesn't need I, any help I, from us. I do still think that uh, the way that the media handles him is wrong. Yeah, I, I do still think uh, for for a lot of reasons. But for one, you know, uh, these protests that have been going on have absolutely resulted in things happening that shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and so the message is becoming muddied. Right. right. So now, now you have uh, you know Terry Crews. And um, I forget his name, but some other uh, anchor on uh, CNN or MSNBC. I don't know. I, yeah. I forget who it was, honestly. Mm-hmm. We should probably look it up. But um, they're arguing about what the real message is behind Black Lives Matter, what their agenda is, mm-hmm. um, be- because it's become so muddled. Right. But, but really, you know, that's not a conversation that's, that's being had by the media. You know, we've got um, Kaylee McEnany, the new new uh secretary what 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 is she why can't i think of her her role uh the new sarah huckabee uh yeah she the correspondent yeah yeah, white White house white house correspondent man totally whiffed that one either way uh kaylee mcenany the new sarah huckabee sanders uh she got up she had her her little segment with the press and uh and she's talking about um or, or rather, most of the questions that she fields are about the fact that Trump tweeted about NASCAR's ratings going down because they banned the Confederate flag. Right. And while that's very stupid, sure, is that really the main thing that we're worried about right now? Yeah. Is that the topic of conversation? These are the we questions that we're asking. The yeah the the White House correspondent to be answering for us. Yeah. No, I'm curious. Yeah. I think it's a stupid comment. It's 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 to me it's unfounded because 
uh, I, I don't know anything about NASCAR for one, so mm-hmm. maybe I'm not the right person to say whether something's unfounded or not. Sure. But uh, it, I, I just, to me, I feel like neither is Trump. Trump has no damn clue what's going on with NASCAR. No. He's just, he's just reacting. Yeah. He just word vomits all the time. And uh, so, so yeah, maybe one question about like, hey, like, does he really think that the Confederate flag being banned is bad? Like, sh- sh- does he disagree that it should be banned? Yeah, I want his opinion. But there are so many other things going on right now. And Kayla McEnany was correct, in my opinion, to point out that that she fielded so many questions about the Confederate flag and none about the eight-year-old that was shot and killed mm-hmm. uh, by Black Lives Matter protesters. Yeah. Uh, none about you know Chaz breaking down in Seattle. If you're not if you're not aware of what Chaz is, it's the uh, I f- the hmm. I can't remember the acronym now, but it's in Seattle. It's mm-hmm. it's downtown Seattle. It's basically the autonomous zone is what it used to be known as. Right. The Capitol Hill autonomous zone. That is literally the acronym. I, hey, I, I you figured it out. Um, but, you know, no law enforcement present. It's supposed to be the people governing themselves. Sure. And it is falling apart. Um, Quickly. There are probably good examples of people coming together and taking care of each other, but there are plenty of examples of shootings. Yeah. Uh, where there's just like absolutely – it. it it's dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I'm sure that people are reporting on that. Yeah. But those are the kinds of conversations that need to be had at the, at the highest level. Right. Not the Confederate flag being banned in NASCAR, and that's why their ratings are low. Right. But, again, are, is that putting too much responsibility on the media only relative to how much responsibility the president should have on what he's saying. Well, I that's I think that's a really good question because I there is some level of like okay, you don't want these questions but yet like, you know, you're really our only conduit to conduit to this individual's thinking and like you're supposed to be the direct person that we ask that we can ask these questions to and if this is his the reason why this shit didn't happen with Barack Obama is because I'm pretty sure President Barack Obama didn't run his own fucking Twitter for one. And for two, he didn't just go on and spit random shit. Like, if it wasn't policy... Like it was his job to be on Twitter. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't policy or if it wasn't some shooting, if it wasn't some tragic moment or just something that warrant national attention from the goddamn leader of the free world... Leave it to everyone else to take care of and just go to the leader of the free world to deal with issues domestically and internationally that concern about the well-being of the constituents of which live in the fucking country of which he reigns over. And that should really be the only conversation like, hey, um, okay, yeah, great. NASCAR is dealing with this right now, but um, we need to deal with the fact that like more protesters are dying. Yeah. And like like what what do we have to say about you know tear gas being used on you know civilians? Where are we with the Heroes Act? Yeah. Where are we with extending you know the the six hundred dollar additional unemployment benefits? Yeah. Like to, to people that have not been able to find a job. We I know several. Yeah. You know several people. I know several people that still don't have a job, and I know several people that never even received unemployment for that. I know several people that are still fighting with it, like. They're all being promised that it'll be like you know retroactively given to them, but then at the same time, like, like I, I had a buddy of mine who he fought with it for like three weeks at the beginning of the coronavirus. He, they finally approve his unemployment, 
he has to wait even longer to get the fucking card. Mm-hmm. He gets his card and there's no money available on it. He's supposed to have like two, three thousand dollars available to him, and he hasn't been paying his bills in months. He's been fighting with his landlord. Yeah, this is a real problem. Like it, like it's an infrastructural issue that needs to be yeah. addressed. And, and maybe his specific case is not, you know, a national level like a national failure. Sure, but it is a failure. Yeah, and it's representative of a lot of people that are having that issue across the nation. And for that reason, it should be. Uh, a, a conversation at the White House level. Yeah. Like, what are what are you going to do to fix this? Yeah. Because because the people in your country are literally starving. Yeah. Or at least, let me ask you this question about how you know about what's going on and what's your at least your initial thought about it. Like, what you know, like, you know uh, hot take. Yeah. What's because I I'm okay with anybody, including Donald Trump, if they said like, you know what, like that's a really good question. I don't know much about that information. Uh, this person over here might. I'm going to let him speak on that. You know, he has done that before, and I'm okay with that. You know, whenever he's whenever he was dealing with the pandemic, there was a time where, like, and you 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 saw it too. There was a time when it went from I'm going to be able to say whatever I want to about this to I'm reading specifically from a l- paper that my advisors have given me, and I'm not going to stray away from that. And I used big black sharpie to mark out the words I don't want to say. Right. Yeah. And then, but, you know, I'm okay with, you know, let me get this expert over here. Or sure. or just saying, like, I don't have an answer for you right now. You know my Twitter handle, so I might put something on there. Or we're going to have another press briefing tomorrow. Yeah. Let me research that and let this me come back to This is an ongoing conversation. Right. Okay, so, yeah, I, I like that question because uh, I've said for a long time, and it's hyperbole, but I've always said that the first candidate that's able to say I don't know, yeah, would have my vote. Yeah. Now, obviously, if a candidate just that's all constantly said, said I, I have no fucking clue, man. I'm not going to get my vote. But, <laughs> but it's it's more the the commentary that there really is not the the willingness to defer to experts. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, and this is a whole other topic. Maybe it's one we delve into on another uh, another segment. But you know, uh, why is it that politicians are all lawyers? Right. You know, the Barack Obama was a constitutional lawyer. Like he, he knew the constitution in and out and, and honestly is probably most responsible for the expansion of that role of the president's role in government. Um, not that others didn't do it before him, but he knew what he could and could not get away with. And he, he did expand the role of the president. So, um, uh, but, but yeah, I think the question of, um, what, how would, how should the general population feel about someone who's able to admit that they don't know all of the answers? Right. I wish that more people would accept it. Yeah. I really do because these are very complex things. These are these are these are things that anyone that claims to know the answers on every topic is is just outright lying. Yes. They're they're either pandering or they're regurgitating or um or they might actually know, but because they're saying they know everything about everything, then you can't really know that they know what they're talking about. Right. About the thing they do know. So, uh, yeah, that's that's um, Trump is just a really good example of someone who is not going to be willing to no. defer to somebody else to be representative of his administration. Right. At all. I mean, his press briefings are pretty clear on that. Um, he will talk over anybody. Yep. And he will make sure that if the if the uh, person before him said something he disagreed with, even though they're a scientist. Yeah. And they're at the level they are because they know exactly what they're talking about. 
he will come right back out. Yeah. B- behind them and say, no, 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 that's wrong. He has zero compunction. Yeah. No, no, no respect whatsoever for expertise. Yeah. Uh, and that's dangerous. That Yeah. And that's and really, for me, that's the real dangerous level that we're at right now, where even people who have literally dedicated their entire lives yeah. to a specific trade, a specific field of study, whatever you want to call it. This this an individual with forty years of of experience is being questioned by somebody who's never looked through a fucking microscope. Yeah, exactly. You 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 he has not cracked open a textbook, maybe even while he was in school. Like, I don't know. Trump is obviously a smart person, in the fact that he was able to accomplish what he. I mean, I'm a smart person. I'm not as rich as Donald Trump. You know, granted, I'm not as shady as a person as Donald Trump, but at the same time. He has probably made business moves that were just smart business moves. You know, sure. he he's probably attributed, you know, a small percent of his wealth at least to actual good business moves. So, so, and, and I would say just to qualify what you're saying, if if I can, yeah, that, uh, people that have momentary success, it could either be a good decision or a good circumstance, right? right exactly. There. But but people with sustained um, uh, success, you have to give benefit of the doubt that they know at least somewhat what they're doing exactly and maybe that's just experience maybe that's not you know any real intuition or intelligence maybe they just literally made the wrong decision so many times and they and they had the opportunity to continue to be in a role to make those decisions right they finally learned but but yeah i think um that's something that that people need to get off the idea that trump is is just outright stupid he's just not he has his strengths and he has his weaknesses. And uh, while we're on that topic, I would say that one strength that he has is his ability to speak to people. Yeah. He 100%, even if it's word vomit, even if you can't understand what he's saying, he commands an audience. Yeah. He, he has a skill as an orator. And, um, you know, and I, I think that the way. Uh, I read this somewhere too, so I'm not trying to plagiarize anybody's sure. ideas, but I, I I did identify with with what they were saying that the way the media is handling um, Trump is wrong because they're they're basically playing right into his hand. Yeah, like they they're attacking him personally, and he's just it, it's it's like he's Teflon, like whatever you say bounces off me and sticks on you. I yeah, your glue, whatever. Yeah, that is. and he feeds off of it too. Yeah, he feeds off it, and his base does too. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that's just not the way that politics should be conducted. It just isn't. Mm-mm. It's really not. Like, talk about his performance in the office. Talk yeah. about his policies. Talk about his ideas, his His know, success whatever. rate, yeah. you know, anything. Don't talk about how he's an old man. Yeah. And don't talk about— down a ramp. Don't talk about his hair. Don't talk about his— His orange skin. His orange skin. His baby hands. Who cares? It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. I won't lie. Right, and you know, but some, it's not productive in a political discussion. It's not. I mean, SNL for years have been poking at famous politicians. You know, they they poke at President Obama, arguably the most popular and most favorable president of modern history. I, I I'm pretty sure his approval polls are much higher than like anyone else, at least again in recent history. Um, so no one's safe from mockery. So to to poke fun at somebody is not necessarily going after them as a person or going after their intellect. But when you do start making it personal intentionally, like where do you think you're going to go? Like, do you think you're going to eventually have some sort of great 
discourse with a person that you've been publicly bashing this whole time? Like, do you think that one day he's just going to walk into that press briefing and just be like, you know what, guys, from here on out, we're going to stick together. We're going to pull through this. And I've said some shit to you. You said some shit about me. Let's just get past that because clearly this is not going anywhere. He's not going to be the person to say that because, again, he feeds off of this stuff. He would much rather this happen than us talk about real issues. You know, he would rather talk about the Confederate flag and what it's doing to the ratings of NASCAR than talk about his opposition towards mail-in voting during a time where mail-in voting will most likely be the form of voting because of the current pandemic. We need to be talking more about that and the motivations that why he would have, you know, those are the types of questions that need to be said during the press briefing. Hey, um, President Trump said that he's really against, you know, mail-in voting because of voter fraud, even though we've seen that in the last election, there was only four cases of voter fraud and all four of those cases were Trump supporters. That is well-documented. If you're listening to this and thinking that I'm just you know, throwing out some random number or some random fact. This is all verifiable. There were four cases of voter fraud that were pointed out in the 2016 election. All of them were people trying to, most of them were people trying to pass votes from dead relatives. Like one woman said, well, my husband is dead, but he would have voted for Trump. Yeah, there was that lady, and then there was somebody that uh, they said they just wanted to make sure that their vote went through. Right. They just accidentally voted, like whatever. Yeah. I don't know if that's accidental, but... How do you? But you you know that you voted. Yeah. You you. It's not like you blanked on yeah. going into the voting well, booth. But and, and to me, I think more important than the fact, more importantly, is the fact that uh, it was only four cases. The fact that they were Trump supporters or conservative, whatever, is irrelevant. Is irrelevant yeah. to me. It's such and, a non-issue. Yeah. In the face of the fact that there were only four cases in all of the mail-in ballots. Right. Now, did some go undetected? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. And and I think that the truth is there is the potential for sure. mail-in voter fraud. But the question is, is that actually happening? And is that reason enough to say that people should go and vote in person? Risk their health, risk their, their lives. Health. Yeah. And... Uh, those and those are the questions that should be said at at a at a press house at a, at a White House briefing. Yeah. It should it the again you know just the we're not getting anywhere talking about you know these little itty bitty things that are being touted about on Twitter. Like, okay, he has an opinion about he had an opinion about um, the ratings of the NFL because of the Colin Kaepernick protest. You know, like there's. Yeah, he has opinions about stuff, but do you really want to spend an hour inside of a White House briefing just trying to get his opinions on why he doesn't like Colin Kaepernick? Or do you want to spend an hour trying to figure out what he's going to do with the country? Like, those are the more important questions that we need to be asking. And 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 I do wish that we had a leader that that was their primary concern, too, was just to try to steer the conversation in the right direction. Right. Which... There's plenty of, I don't know about plenty, but there are certainly examples of Trump trying to do that. Right. But I don't think his heart's necessarily in the right place. He would just rather steer you to his controversy. Right. The fake news or whatever it is. Right. Not, not to like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do to save us all. Right. Um, or And maybe in his own way, that is what he's trying to do because the fake news is mm. needs to be eliminated to save us all. But, you know, that... Not everybody agrees with that. Sure. And I just think that at some point, 
we as individuals have to understand on both sides. Like, and that's kind of the thing that like really irritates me about political lines and people sticking to the label of which is on their voter card or the, the principles that they were taught whenever they were kids. You know, most people are either Democrat or Republican just based specifically off the fact that that's what their parents were. And so because of that, they follow an ideology that they've just always followed. And I would much rather just deal with things on a case-by-case basis. Like, there are not, like, President Donald Trump has heavily increased benefits to veterans, and he's increased their, like, the, the health care that they receive, the access to that health care. Yeah, just to comment specifically on that before you go on, the problem with, with well, there's no problem with him expanding. That, sure. Right? But what he claims is that, he passed VA choice. Right. He didn't. He didn't. Barack Obama did. Right. He expanded it. He expanded which is it. Which good for both. W- but great. But he's actively trying to erase the legacy of his predecessor. And right. that, to me, is where it's like, you don't get to do that. Yeah. It, it, I think that everybody would, everybody should be accepting of a president who maybe wants to kind of toot their own horn a little bit because they've accomplished something, but... One who is just constantly trying to outdo, you know, I'm better, forget about this person, yeah. what my policies are better. Well, your policies aren't, weren't better because you didn't dismantle this one and create something new. You expanded on it, yeah. which like what you were saying, it, it would be much better, better to say, look what we've done together mm-hmm. rather than look what I've done. Yeah. Because what you've done is great, but it's it, it, it's standing on the shoulders of something that's already happened. Yeah. Look, look at the good that came before me. See that good. Now see my good. And ultimately then the election just comes down to people being able to dissect. Okay, I liked what this guy did here. I don't like what this guy did here. Where are we at now and what decision do I think he would make in that situation? Right. Um, and, and, and yeah. I also I think it's interesting that um, you know when Barack Obama was in office, there was so much like just baseless – accusations of him being like a narcissist of him mm-hmm. being uh just like very elitist there were all the the pictures of him when he's like making the smug face looking up while he's like surveying the people at his speech or whatever and they're like see he thinks he's better than you uh just ridiculous yeah. right because i feel like really if you analyze barack obama and you come away with a an opinion other than he was a man of the people sure i don't know where you're getting that from yeah i just don't but uh, those same people are totally fine with Trump's narcissism. Right. 100%. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Yeah. It's just a facet of, of his, his curious, this curious creature in the White House. Right. Uh, it's okay for him to be narcissistic because he's doing the best job ever. Yeah. That's no. No. Because uh, neither is true. <laughs> yeah. Neither is true. Exactly. Narcissism, you know, and that is, is not okay. But that's also like, that's a whole rabbit hole of, you know, the, the idea that the, the people that seek a position with power like the presidency are probably the last people you want in that position. Most likely. Because there's a level of sociopathy. and I'm the greatest thing for this country into, right now. Yeah. Thinking I'm capable of running the greatest superpower in the world or better what, or what once was the greatest superpower. I think we still are. Yeah, but we've we're I mean we're taking a turn where we need to course correct. Yeah, well I mean well to know that I mean we that our country can still operate with clout 
you know, goes to show that we still are a superpower and we still hold a lot of that power, but it's, it's slowly going away because we're not being taken seriously. You know, when you, when you side with people who have generally been seen as our enemies and then you spit in the face of the people who have always been our allies, that's when you start changing the superpower aspect, you know, like, I'm not saying that we're getting ready to go to like an access power, you know, we're not part of the access of evil sure. or anything like that. But what I am saying is that we will most, I mean, cause after world war two, we accepted, you know, like the world police title and, you know, we, we accepted ourselves as, as the beacon of hope and justice and freedom throughout the entire world. But now because of social media and because of the 24 hour news cycle and because things happen instantly, we're, we are self-revealing in that, you know, things aren't always as great as they seem and that we do have a lot of things that we need to do as a country to make ourselves the people that we claim to be. And I think that just the entire world is starting to see, like, maybe the United States isn't as amazing as we've been putting out to be. Because I think that that's part of, like, the superpower power is the fact that you know, one of the reasons why we have that is just because of the the ideal of what America is and what we've done in the past. And just like we are the United States of America, the country that fought in the Revolutionary War. You know, we, we had a civil war. We, we, we fought and helped win both world wars. You know, we stand for this, this ideal of, I mean, to just look at really any of the not necessarily the propaganda because saying the word propaganda is a negative connotation, but saying, seeing any, I don't uh, think so. That's just government supplied <clears throat> information that makes sure that they control the narrative. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which could be bad. Could be good. Could be good. Yeah. I, generally, whenever I hear the, the term propaganda, I immediately go to like Nazi propaganda. Like anytime I hear yeah, that like word, Joseph Goebel or whatever his name. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you, you look at just like what has been the picture that we were putting in our heads as, you know, we are the country that pulls ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We get shit done. You know, we, we plow our fields. We go into we our offices. We, yeah, we, we, we shut down the commies. Yeah, we yeah. are everything that any government could ever want and need for its people. And more than that, we are the beacon that other democratic countries should aspire to be. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're the, the, the great example. Right. We're the exceptionalists. Um, yeah. We, we've perfected how to govern. Yeah. And we haven't. And honestly, I think that this is kind of a, a good segue to, you know, one of the last things that I know that we wanted to talk about, cause we just had 4th of July and, you know, it, it just kind of dawned on me, the idea of like patriotism, like what it, is it still important? Has it ever been important? Is it something that we need? Is it, if we do need it, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is it, is it bad to have patriotism to have loyalty towards your country? Um, you know, because I'll, I'll just say, no, I'll say, no, it's not a bad thing to have patriotism. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying I, I don't, I don't agree that it is either, but I just think that, you know, it's like you look at like everything that's happening with the Black Lives Matter movement. Okay, we we cannot ignore what our country was built on, which was the backs of slaves. You know, I I, I saw a video today that I mean it had to have been recorded in, in you know nineteen 
57, you know, it's just really old video. Um, you know, this, this African-American woman is saying, you know, they know that their flag is drenched with our blood. And, and that is how African-Americans view this country is the fact that they live in a country of which they at least were a big part in building, help sustain it. I mean, you could not argue the success of Americans' economy without attributing it to the fact that slave owners didn't have to pay for their labor. You know, they just had hundreds of people picking their tobacco, their cotton, doing whatever they needed to do in Virginia to, to keep this new country economy going. Um, to know that we have slave masters on our dollars, we idolize people who had slave, who were slave masters. Sure. Um, it's because for me, the Fourth of July is less about. It, it's really just more about celebrating the fact that we, celebrating the document of which made us free, and and the notion of you know we do live in a country of which we have freedoms that are not guaranteed to people. You can argue, not that you can people will argue and have the right to argue that those freedoms are fleeting and that the symbolism behind the American flag is tainted with real truth and real history that gets kind of powdered over on the 4th of July. You know, we're blowing off fireworks, talking about how great of a country we are, but black people can't walk down the street without being gunned down. Like, is that really something worth celebrating? Um, And that was just kind of something I wanted to get your opinion on. Sure. I mean, uh, obviously my hot take was, yes, patriotism is good. I think that uh, loyalty to country, you know, fealty to your people, your fellow man, uh, absolutely, by and large, a positive thing to have until you meet the ignorance that usually comes with um, what, we've, what we've been talking about, people unwilling to really research and know what the, what it is they're supporting or what it is that they're advocating for. Um, because I think that, you know, if, if we believe we as a, as a person, we as people, uh, should have the ability to evolve, should have the ability to change our way of thinking over time and to show, you know, hopefully by the time we're gone that like we became good people, even if we didn't start as good people, then I, I believe that America should have the same opportunity, you know, um, because the promises that are enshrined in the Constitution, they are important, and yeah. they are—they're not guaranteed, and they're certainly not universal. Right. Um, they are unique to our country, and maybe they've you know since propagated to other countries, and maybe we've helped to do that. But oh yeah, well, like, and, and, this and, is a unique prospect. We are a yeah. unique uh, place to to live and to, to to you know participate in the conversation and the construction of this freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the will of the people governing yeah. uh, each other. Um, but it's not perfect. It's really not perfect. And, um, you know, I think that I think that people should not be ashamed to be patriotic. But I think that one thing they really need to realize is that there are different versions of patriotism. Sure. But if we could all kind of see the common thread that, you know, this person that's advocating for serious change in our governmental procedures is just as patriotic as you are for supporting it blindly. Right. I mean, it's just a different brand of patriotism. Yeah. There's blind patriotism. There's informed patriotism. There's um, the, the people that know everything about the history and still would say, 
you know, well, America's still the greatest country in the world. And I'm still proud to be a part I'm of that. I'm still proud to be a, a part of America. Um, and I don't really think that anyone is in a position to say that anyone's wrong for, for that. Unless that person that is espousing patriotic views because they agree with something like slavery. Sure. Like that history is not damning. Right. Come on now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and then there's – so the question of patriotism brings up the question of, uh, uh, you know, cultural pride. Sure. Right? So we've already talked about Trump uh, commenting on NASCAR banning the Confederate flag. Uh, something we haven't talked about yet is all the monuments that have been removed. Right. Uh, or vandalized, whichever. However you want to view it. Yeah. And uh, some of them, interestingly enough, were not of uh, uh, Confederate generals. Right. Like Ulysses S. Grant was a uh, a general for the North. Like right. he, he commanded the Northern Army. Yeah. He had nothing to do with slavery. I don't know his past. I will yeah. admit that. I'm sure. Not, I'm not like up to snuff on what he did or did not do, why anyone might have targeted him. But it is interesting. I don't know why he would have been targeted. Right. Um, like, pick your battles. Mm-hmm. Especially when there's something like that absolutely terrifying statue of Nathan Bedford Forrest. Uh, just, like, <laughs> screaming with little chiclet teeth in his oh mouth. Oh, my God. Uh, tear that thing down. And, and, and not only is the statue just, like, just crazy yeah. and, and terrifying, but the person that designed it, who was not a sculptor, like... And that's the result. Clearly. Um, but the person that designed it did so and was quoted as saying, because someone needed to say a good word for slavery. Has all, and was also quoted as, as saying that um, slavery was not a bad thing. That it was, like, it was like the original social security. They made sure that from cradle to the grave, black people had a good way of life. Yeah. That they, they were provided for. Yeah. Like, that's what they needed. Let's ignore the fact that they, like, chopped off their nuts fed them to dogs fed them to dogs just terrible things put them inside of hot boxes burned them yeah cut them they were property yeah and you could do what you want with your property yeah yeah terrible terrible things that that statue still stands yeah no i'm not saying no one's ever tried to remove it there's been plenty of petitions to remove it but it's on private land it's a privately owned statue he has very well protected he has the right to display it um and maybe after all as terrible as that statue is, it's like perfect as well. Yeah, to show just how crazy the Confederacy was. Yeah, and I mean, and not only that. I mean, I think that because so many people are just first off, just speaking about the Confederate monument things. I'm getting a little, not even a little. I'm getting more and more irritated at people who are just getting so protective of these goddamn monuments whenever you didn't even know they fucking existed, for one. Like, I guarantee you, a lot of these people, like, here in Oklahoma, I don't know, I don't think we have any Confederate statues here in Tulsa. Let's just go ahead and just, for me, my own prospect, for my own uh, posterity. Um, well, well, we didn't have any Confederate monuments, but we did have uh, the Brady Theater. The Brady Theater, which, which they... renamed. The Brady originally. District was, re- was yeah. renamed... Um, yeah, like anything with Brady's name. It's not a Confederate thing. It was just a racist. Yeah, thing. he himself yeah. was just a racist individual. And even though he, I mean, he was a philanthropist and, you know, funded a lot of things in Tulsa, he was a racist piece of shit. And I don't think that he deserves to have his name on a street. Um, 
but at the same time these people are just getting so fed up like oh you're 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 erasing history no it's very well documented in books i just don't think that uh a person who intentionally took up a rank so they can protect their right to own slaves deserves a monument and i think that if the oppressed or the lineage of the oppressed from this individual doesn't want to have to see it anymore then they shouldn't have to look at their oppressor yeah there there's there's a time or not, not sorry there's not a time there's a proper place where history is recorded yeah doesn't have to be a glorification Mm-mm. it can literally go in a book i literally i have not heard a single person complain that the that people tore down swastika monuments after the fall of the ss no one was going oh man they're erasing all that history you know they're not doing that because the country of germany should want to have that not like they they should want to move on from that because that's not who they are as people anymore and they like everyone knows who adolf hitler was everyone knows it everyone knows who the confederacy was at this particular point in time there is not a single individual who has at least been a part of the fourth grade who doesn't know at least that the confederacy existed we can go back and forth. You know, if you want to complain about history being erased, then fucking bitch about the quality of your schools. Complain about the funding that's going into it. I know that you know as well as I do, you know, if if you're not from the Tulsa area, you most likely would have a higher chance of not knowing about it. But even in our own city, did you hear about the massacres, the Tulsa Black, the massacre of Black Wall Street when you were in school? No, I certainly didn't learn about it in school. No, I learned nothing about no. it. I did learn about it before it became such a, a large topic this last uh, this year. Yes, but very recently. I yes, it's like in the last couple of years. Yes, um, and and that is and that's shocking to me. Like that's the, the fact that you know, you 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 don't want history to be erased, but it's not being taught, in in it's not being taught in the time and setting like you were talking about, of which history is recorded and then presented Mm -hmm. you know it's it's we don't need a statue to remind ourselves that the confederacy existed we need books and we need teachers and we need a highly we need an efficient education system that will teach people not not only did these things exist but the reasons why you think these exist are more than likely wrong because if whenever i was in high school in neosho missouri very country place not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of black people live in Neosha, Missouri. The majority of the population is white and uh, like Filipino or you know Islander, you know people that come from you know the island countries, um, like around the Philippines. Yeah. Um, Do you know why that is? I don't. Um, I, I I honestly I think I even asked like I try to ask as like politely as possible, just like hey we're oh man yeah. What are you doing here? Well, I I didn't say it like that. I'm just like you know, I, there there was a guy that was just part of he was just part of the nationality that you know was predominantly a part of the school, and it, it was a legitimate question. Like yeah. I just felt like you know like there's got to be a reason why this area more than any of the other areas of of Missouri have a specific d- demographic in it, and it's most likely because of the cost of living. The cost of living in Neosho is is very very small, but 
there's a lot of children in that school that carry the Confederate flag because it's part of their heritage. Oh, my grandfather fought in the Civil War on the Confederate side. Okay, well, first Pro- off— Probably not their grandfather. No, not their grandfather. Yeah. Um, like their great-great— but somebody. Their great-grandpappy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they, 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 just, they have some bullshit reason to have to have that close to their heart. Mm-hmm. But if they were taught in school accurately, like, hey, that Confederate flag that's on your wallet is only exists for this particular reason. And whatever little sentimental thing you have to this, it's, it's, it's tied to hate. Yeah. That, that's all it's really tied to. Um, and, and so unequivocally so that uh... – the state of Mississippi is removing the Confederate flag imagery. Yeah. Rather, not the Confederate flag, but the Confederate imagery in right. their state flag. Yeah. In Mississippi, yeah. the the southernest of southern states, during yeah. especially during the Civil War. And if you ever saw the movie, the, uh, have you ever seen the movie The Help uh, with Emma Stone? No. Very, very good movie. I hadn't seen it up until um, recently. My wife showed it to me. Um, and it, it's a movie based in... Um, uh, I'm pretty sure it's either Alabama or Mississippi, but um, it, it's a, it's it's a history that was not that long ago, but yet we forget about it because it's it's not the highlight of a very dark time in our country. And just kind of swinging this back over to patriotism, what you were talking about before about you know educated patriotism. I would much rather someone be patriotic and know full well, like we were talking about before, I know everything that's happened with this country. And even with all that stuff, I'm still proud of where I am. I'm still proud of our country and what we do accomplish. You know, you could go back to that monologue that Jeff Daniel has in, I think the show was called The Newsroom uh, on HBO. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. Um, But, you know, whenever he's talking about how America isn't the greatest country in, in anymore, but then he reminisces about the things that did make, you know, we aspired to intelligence. We didn't make it, make it, make us feel inferior. You know, we, oh, I can't remember his name, but you're talking about the guy that was also in dumb and dumber. Yeah. Jeff Daniels. Jim Carrey. Jim, yeah, Jim, yeah. Yeah. Jeff yeah, Daniels. Okay. Uh, and you know, we, you know, we aspired to intelligence, you know, we reached for the stars. We, we cultivated the world's best economy and the world's best arts you know, we, we shot for the stars. You know, that's who we were. I can get behind that. You know, I can get yeah. behind, you know, we as a country have done things that made great technological advances, whether it be in medicine, space travel, you know, whatever it may be. We as we, we have cultivated brilliant scientists and done things for this world that nobody has ever done before. And I think it's, I think it's okay to be a, proud of that and i i think it's i think like you were saying before i think the i think the dangerous most dangerous form of patriotism is blind patriotism or uneducated patriotism where you're really just you're waving the flag around just because it's like the fun thing to do on the fourth every year you know it's a club yeah like it's it's just the thing that you do on the fourth you know we wear clothing resembling the flag we have barbecues and like if that's really the only reason why you appreciate fourth of july then or or rather just because you believe that no matter what america is like the greatest country ever exactly that i get where you're going yeah but we've got a lot of room for improvement a lot of room for improvement and And 
I think that the pride. Sorry. I kind no, of no, no. Go. Up. Yeah, go for it. Run. I was going to say, I think that the pride that, that I feel is similar to yours, that ultimately the promise that comes with America yeah. is is real. It just needs to be real for everybody. Yeah. And uh, But at least we don't live in a place like Hong Kong where you are arrested for wanting freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the scary part is that, you know, protesters are being arrested here in America. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're certainly not to the level of Hong Kong. No. We're certainly not anywhere close to that. But you do need to you need to gut check mm-hmm. and think: Is this really the country that you want it to be? Right. Is is the state of America today what it should remain forever, regardless of what political side you're on? Yeah, and I I, I think you'd be hard pressed to really find anybody that would say yes to that question. Right now, it's perfect. But then, if you know, take that one step further: If you can't really find anybody that would say yes, I like how it is today then why is it so hard for us to find any common ground? Right. Why is there no real progress? Why is there no real compromise? Uh, that's a, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I think that's the re- powers that be question. Well, and, and it's because the way that it should be is, is, is unfortunately just too different for two specific sides of our political spectrum. Oh yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I know for a fact that I mean Alexander Hamilton and George Washington even like stressed the like cautioned about having political parties like you will create untrustworthiness between your constituents they will constantly think that you have an agenda and they're just going to assume that you're biased about everything and that is exactly what happened and I think that that is what kind of makes it hard to be patriotic at times it's like I want to love this country you know I, I do love this country let, let me just go on and go on record saying I don't ask the question of patriotism to say that I am not patriotic. Mm-hmm. I just I, I think that these are questions that are not asked enough. And I think that, you know, even if someone were to just tune in and just, oh, I never really thought of that, you know, that, you know, just kind of have that perspective. Um, yeah, I, to, d- to continue to develop that conversation. Right, exactly. That, that ultimately something that does need to change. Yeah. And even if we can't agree, all of us, on what it is that needs to change or how it is that it needs to change, let's at least agree there needs to be a change. Yeah, let's just agree that, you know, as even if, if, not, even if we are great, yeah. we can still be better. Oh, yeah. Like, to, to sit there and say that we are the greatest country in the world that that's a matter of perspective because you know if if you're looking at stats like again like that newsroom scene you know we're we're this in science we're this in math the only things that we're number one in are defense spending where we spend more than the next 24 countries combined 23 of which are allies um the number of incarcerated citizens per capita and the amount of people who believe angels are real like if we're the number one in all those things then how can we arguably say that we're the best country in the world because our you know infant mortality is terrible life expectancy is shit mm-hmm. public health is not as great as other countries you know we're not going to get into the you know democracy versus socialism debate or whatever but there are countries out there whose citizens last a lot longer who who report to their own government that they're happy about their lives sure and well, and i uh, I, th- I think that a lot of those conversations get framed improperly because, uh, you know, like, again, it's it's meme culture. It's the attempt to uh, 
boil something down into a couple of captions on a picture. Right. And, uh, but unfortunately something like stats for, uh, uh, gun related deaths, you can't really compare America to other countries when it comes to gun related deaths. Because one, because of the availability of guns in America Two, because of the enormous population of people in America that is considered one country, but in, in all actuality is 50 countries. Right. Uh, yeah, when you combine all that together, it's going to paint a, a pretty fucking drastic picture. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that we don't, like, gun deaths or gun violence isn't a problem right. at all. But I'm just saying, like, you can't just say, well, there's a thousand gun deaths every however, whatever time period in America, and there's only one in Sweden. Yeah, well, Sweden has a fraction of the population of the United States, so yeah. Sweden would clearly be like they're one gonna, of our states. Yeah, so let's compare it to one of our states. Yeah, right, it's a different, it's different, it's not the same. Um, but still, it's a conversation that should be had. It just needs to be had responsibly. Yeah, but I just I feel like everyone just needs to be very careful with how they how they uh, act on their emotion, how they act on their anger with how they feel about America right now, because yes, America needs to improve. America needs to change, uh, desperately and quickly. But if we're not careful, then we might just end up canceling America. Yeah. We don't want to do that. No promise you that you don't want to do that. Mm -mm. There's yeah, there's so many worse States that America could reach. America could reach right that are just not even worth like you, you don't need to try them out you don't need to try it before you buy it on yeah there. you you don't need to uh, you don't need to see what it would be like to live in Fidel Castro's Cuba yeah you know we we already know we don't want that we don't we already know kind of the we we know the terribleness of having someone like Kim Jong-un you know the the type of culture and you know, hate that he develops within his own country and suppresses their rights to, like what you were saying before, just to even have the right to be outward thinking, you know, and oppose your government. A lot of places you can't even oppose them. You'll get killed for it. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to reach that point. As difficult as it is to swallow the, the massive tragic pill of America's pastime, I think that if we can continue at least to discuss and evolve from who we are, trying to make ourselves better then we can still, I mean, because I can be proud. I've done terrible things, at least, you know, terrible in maybe my eyes. You know, And mine. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> um, but just because I've done bad things doesn't mean that I, I'm not a good person and doesn't mean that I don't aspire to be a better person every single day. And why shouldn't I be proud of who I am today because of what I've learned from my past? Yeah. And I think that, if you're out there and you, you question your, your patriotism or question whether or not if you should have patriotism, I think that the biggest question that you have to ask yourself is, am I better here than I would be in this other place? You know, where, where would my life be here? And I think that it's important to just recognize, recognize the bad for what it is, recognize the good for what it is, and then just recognize where that you want, you should want to be part of a, of a country that is trying to progress. Yeah. And even if you are angry at America right now, rightfully so, I think, you know, let's just say the whole 13% population of African Americans in this country is more than likely angry at the United States, you know, probably not all of them, but, you know, a good chunk of them, if not the majority. Um, 
I completely can understand that. And I can understand why they would say, I'm not, I, I hate my country. I, I'm not patriotic towards America. I'm not going to sit here and say that they shouldn't be. And I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, that they're wrong for that. I guess patriotism is only just like a case by case basis and like what you're willing to accept. And, but thing about it is though, is that, I mean, are you, are you prepared? You have to be prepared to do something about it. You know, if you don't like your view of your patriotism for this country, then be active in what you need to do to change it. And that within itself will make you patriotic, even if you're not realizing it, because you making active steps to better your country is making America better, not making your life specifically better. You, you're trying to turn America into the world that you, into the environment that you want. And so if you're trying, if you have desires to make the country of which you live in better and want you as well as everyone else to aspire to be better, then you need to be part of the collective that is make trying to make that happen rather than write it all off completely. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, no, it makes sense to me. Uh, and, I, and I think that... Not to if, anyone else, but to me. If, if we were all really honest with ourselves, then we would easily recognize that I'm on a journey. You're on a journey. Everybody's on a journey, and we're all in different places. But we we none of us, with the exception of maybe like a prince that was literally born into whatever he was going to do for the rest of his life. Right. Uh, none of us started at the end of the journey. Mm-hmm. We had to get there. America's no different, you know. That America's made mistakes. Give America its mistakes on its journey to to reclaim its greatness. Right. You know. We all. We all. And we all need to be a part of it. Right. Um, and, and also just something real quickly, just kind of, you know, kind of wrapping it up a little bit. Um, and, and because this is the Unreal Talk Show and I mainly talk about movies, um, I'm going to constantly reference movies as much as I can. Um, it's like in that scene, D2, The Mighty Ducks, uh, one of my favorite trilogies of all time. Um, whenever they're sitting outside talking to Miss McKay about America, you know, she even says, he's like, you know, she's like, you know, people have to remember that America is still young, still forming its own identity. You know, and, and that is still true even now, even after years of that being made. America is still an extremely young country. You know, we did kind of stand on the backs of everything that's been done before us, and we just, you know, made it better, I guess. Um, but we're still an extremely young country. I mean, look at any country in Europe. They have hundreds more years of, you know, documented civilization, documented governments, um, more than what we have. So... To know that we are we're an extremely young country, we have a lot of work to do, but we but we still need to be together because I think that if because the whole point of a flag is to unite each other under one banner, and we should want that we should want to be united we should want to have a symbol to aspire us to be united. So to be patriotic for me is really more of just being patriotic or passionate and dedicated to the idea that we live in a country that has done great things. We're allowed to be in a country that gives us these great freedoms. And even though we've done great things, we've done terrible things that we will have to write for the rest of our lives and we will continue to make mistakes. But are we going to sit here and, and just, I guess, wallow in every bad decision that we make? We can't. If we do, we will never progress as a country. So I think it's okay to be proud of where you are and accepting of where you've been as long as you just try to make it better. Yeah, absolutely. And know what, 
know, know what it is you're trying to make better and why. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Ah, well, we, uh, we've been talking for almost two, a little over two hours and 15 minutes. And uh, I think that kind of wraps it up nicely. I think that pretty much covers everything that we, even more so than what we initially wanted to talk about. Um, so I think that's going to be, that's all I have. Christian, was there any final thoughts or anything you wanted to part with? No, thanks for having me on again, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being on. I had a lot of fun with the last episode, and uh, I feel like this one's going to be even better. I think that uh, the more we do this, the more we'll hit a stride. And uh, before you know it, you'll have people yelling your name on the streets. I highly doubt that. (laughs) Christian! Get off my street! (laughs) You hate Taco Bueno! Uh, well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm not going to have another sign off after this like I did with the last episode. Um, I just want to thank everybody for showing up. Thank you again to Christian for dedicating uh, almost two and a half hours of his life um, and giving us a space to uh, to do this all. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, just remember, you're listening to the Unreal Talk Show, part of the Oops All Topics Network. Uh, be sure to follow and subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and on Podbean. Uh, be sure you check out Jason Edgar's podcast, Oops All Topics. His last episode hilariously breaks down his top 12 favorite Rick and Morty episodes. Um, also, be sure to check out Frankie's Mama Reads. It's another part of our Oops All Topics. Um, it's by Jess Edgar, Jason's wife. It's a really If you really like books and are, are wanting to get into books, Books even more I highly recommend it she gives like a great rating system and she really breaks down uh, in clear detail as to why as to her opinions about her books and I think that that's a, a really easy thing to digest so um, again this is Aaron Scott Walker with Unreal Talks show reminding you to always lose your fear and find your voice later
Thank you.